Samba de Amigo is back. Samba de Amigo is back. A Dreamcast jam is back. Apparently it came out on the Wii. I somehow missed that. Samba de Amigo, Nintendo Switch, this summer. This is the 2020's Rhythm Game Renaissance Update. Now it's time for your hosts, Rob Roberts, Jamie Summers, and Loki to tell you more about this and the rest of the week's Nintendo Direct and other gaming news. Starting right now in the show, where every gamer has a voice. I wonder what we'll be talking about tonight. Hello, my friends out there on the internet. Welcome back to another week of the show where every gamer has a voice. It is Orange Lounge Radio, and we are live once again with episode number 948 of our show for tonight, February the 12th of 2023. My name is Rob Roberts, and I am joined tonight uh, by Dark Soccer or Jamie Summers. Oh, hi. I'm just looking up some uh, some plumbers. Oh, I just Mario found Luigi? a really good website with some plumbers <laughs> oh, on yes, it, the smbplumbing.com. I saw this. Super cute. Lots of nostalgia there, right? As seen on TV. Mm-hmm. The website is real. And on the big screen soon, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you're off cam tonight for those that are watching live on our Twitch because we do tape live every Sunday night at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific, usually after the Bobby Blackwolf show. He's off tonight. Uh, apparently, there's this thing on tv a lot of people get together and watch i i don't know her so uh we're here owls um said about that that. who who definitely who so actually i I, I just been hearing about the rihanna show i was gonna i did i did hear that rihanna announced she was she she didn't announce she was pregnant with a new album she announced she was pregnant period so uh that that was the big news i heard on the uh, tv watching front and i i of course because i don't watch the superb owl I've been hearing about the new Marvel movie trailers, so I went watching them while we were prepping, um, and I'm already a little bit excited. There's a lot of people out there where the Super Bowl is less about football and more about uh, commercials and more about yeah. halftimes and food, food, bean dip, seven-layer bean dip, and those types of things, which I, I, I think is really the case for Mr. Black Wolf when his team isn't in it. So if his team's in it, I think he feels a little differently. Hey, but, uh, somebody's not this year. sports better than the other person's right. sports. Good. They got they got the the weird oval to the other side of the of the marching band field. I saw the greatest TikTok today that was like, mm-hmm. okay, gays, here's what's going on today. Every other team has sashayed away, and now we're down to two. <laughs> Having their lip sync for their life. <laughs> yes. It was great. It was great. Anyway, well, but, you know, you know, it's just a marching band field. Yeah, that's all. It is. I know, I know. Anyway, I know it's yes. Screw, screw the ball game. It's all about the halftime show, whether it's Rihanna or a marching band. The way the way they used to do it, whether it's Carol Channing and the United States <laughs> marching band, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Anyway, but in all seriousness, you're off cam tonight because um, I know last week you came on uh, for a little cameo and you kind of mentioned you were getting over COVID. Um, you certainly sound well, a lot. I had just come down with COVID. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're so sounding a lot better tonight. Yesterday. But... Yeah. Um, but I am still I'm still pretty symptomatic. I've got the the cough, my voice is still healing. So mm-hmm. I t- I took like the whole week off of off of streaming and um I'll see how I feel for, for tomorrow, but um <clears throat> sorry, but for right now. It's just a matter of preservation because I do still have to, 
go back to work on Wednesday. Yeah. Understandable. Well, I'm glad, you know, as much as I know you, you've been very reliable with your streaming. You're you're very dedicated and, and really stick to your schedule. And this probably kind of stinks for feeling a little bit derailed, but at the same time, it really probably is what's best for your voice and why you sound pretty good tonight. So, you know, what, exactly. Well, and, for someone and in that, the state you're in. I'll be honest, the the fatigue, you know, got me pretty, pretty bad this time around. Mm -hmm. Last time, I, I mean, I, I know this is absolutely a different strain. Because mm -hmm. there's that that newer strain right now, mm -hmm. um, but last time I had more of like the the ongoing cough and that, and this time I just sort of got everything all at once. So, yeah. all right, but I, but also this time I got the Paxlovid, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which didn't make anything taste funny mm -hmm. to me. It just made everything smell funny. All right. Uh, well, I'm glad, I'm glad it's helping you recover a little quicker than, you know, maybe a lot of people that end up with COVID. So, all right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but let me say hello. I don't want to ignore And I'm going to, I'm going to at least try to get, cause the picture looks a little lopsided without Jamie's camera on. So I'm going to at least fix it to get that little static picture of her we have on discord. Uh, but say hello while I fix things live. Cause we love to do things live here. Say hello to Techmaster Loki. Hello. Hi Loki. How are you? Doing fine. Good, good. What have you been up to this week outside of video games? Anything exciting? I went and played mini golf today. Oh, went, really? Went to the, our, our old stopping ground. Really? Golfland. I was, was going to ask Golfland or Scandia or Surprise somewhere else. Like when, They have like indoor mini golf places some places. Yeah, but. I, we played most of those. We, we went to Golfland because I, I've taken the kids. I thought I've taken the kids there multiple times, but they only remember playing one side of the course. So we went and played mm -hmm. the other side of the course today. Okay. How sad is the is the arcade? It's fine. The arcade's fine, like because they have new games everywhere. Um, they're doing like construction or something there because there's we, we played laser tag there as well, and they're like in the corner of the arena. There's like a bunch of concrete bags or something. They're storing in the corner there. So I was like, okay, I guess guess this is under construction. But hmm. um, no, it's it's actually not in like horrible shape. It's very like big, like. You know, the the redemption games are ridiculous. Obviously, they're huge. Um, I saw today an Injustice arcade game. So you remember Injustice, the DC mm -hmm. superheroes thing? It's a fighting game with no directional stick. What? Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It has... It should play like Mortal Kombat. Well, it doesn't. It has, <laughs> it has special attack, jump, attack, and like something else. I'm like, how... It's, how do I move? It's like built, how would how would it move? It's built for kids to slam buttons, basically. I guess. I mean, uh, I guess that's what telepathy? it is. <laughs> Something. So they've got that. They've got like those dropper machines, which are like it's like the size of a two story house. It's just ridiculously huge. And then um, uh, King Kong VR. Um, there's lots of lots of big redemption games. I didn't really get, walk around the arcade too much because I, I wasn't really there to play arcade games. I feel it's 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 obviously it's not as like well put together as it used to be. Like there's a good section like backward the old Bamani games used to be that it's like under construction or something there. They have like a, a like a wall that you can take pictures against or something. And then like there's I don't know stuff just around. Um, but I mean, they've added stuff to it. They have like bumper cars now. Um, 
I wonder no, if just, just there. I wonder if the arcade space is just going to get taken up with something that can get more money. Like either they're built. Like I remember the place used to have a subway in there to you know make money for food, or maybe they're putting another snack yeah. bar or something. Uh, I don't know what else they, generates revenue inside an arcade. Maybe a well, maybe a bar they, bar honestly for adults. Yeah, uh, they, no, they don't. They don't have a subway there anymore. They have like their own generic sandwich place. Or I don't even know if the sandwich place is open. They have a snack bar still, and it's got like you know pizza. Oh, you mean the place we kept getting ice? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. Back in the day. Um. So they have that. And then um, just like the same old stuff that they used to have, like the go-karts and stuff like that. They Like I so said, they've added bumper cars because that's now where there was like a patio area out where the um, water slides are. And so they took up mm-hmm. some of that with that. They have like dipping Dots. You know, they sell that, mm-hmm. which is really, you know, um, expensive. I mean, it's OK. I mean, it's holding up pretty well i think considering um obviously like i said you know the arcade is very much redemption games but they're like really flashy like big redemption games yeah um so i i mean i am not on (laughs) i'm not a fan of vr in the arcade considering how dirty everybody is like do i really want to put that headset on after someone else has been wearing it yeah um it looks cool but no, that's not for me. Not well, doing that. That's been a problem forever. You know, it seems like VR is something kind of newer, but I remember when we were all going to the arcade to play DDR regularly, didn't they have like, wasn't Beachhead a thing? Like, wasn't that a thing? Yeah, yeah, that was a thing. That was less like you put your face up into it. Like the screen was there, but you weren't, yeah. weren't actually was, physically attaching this. It was still um, VR. So we're, yeah, we're talking about Roseville Golfland Sunsplash. It's... Oh, here in California. We're and- reminiscing because this is basically the place where Loki, Dark Sakura, and I all met. You know, just a little, you know, history for those that aren't aware. Orange Launch Radio started because Loki, Dark Sakura, and myself, we played DDR. And, you know, obviously the, we were some of the faces that would show up there time and time again. There was a little community built up around that and posting on DDR Freak and the sites around the time and so forth. So, uh, I'm eating my birthday cake on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, you know, lots in of memories. In front of DDR Fourth Mix. So it's it's kind of like Loki went to like the 20th high school reunion or something like that. Like went back to our old stomping grounds just to see how everything has just changed. I right? would go to RVGL before I went to one of my high school reunions, just oh, FYI. I, for sure, yeah. That, that, that's strong just, same. I mean, that's just... That's easy. That's I would rather see some of the old sacramentals and you know which ones I'm talking about. I'd rather see them than some of the people mm. I went to high school with, to be quite honest. For sure, absolutely. Um, I was gonna say though, like it, it's still like I think it's still holding up pretty well, considering. Um, like we went and played their laser tag. Their laser tag's been all redone, um, so it's much nicer now, which is nice. Um, so I did enjoy that quite a bit. We, we just like it, it's just no contest if i'm there with my kids we're just gonna stomp like everybody else and that's what we did it yeah. was just bad but i love that and it's fun um so yeah the arcades all right i just i don't think they even have any rhythm music games anymore um honestly if we're gonna do that like i would just go to the one that's now in Folsom, um the the new one that's at the oh, outlet yeah i gotta go check that place i still out. need to go check that place out well, yeah that's a music about- that's a modern music game community guy that like mm-hmm. produces that yes. place so i'm not surprised that's up to the level you yeah work. okay let me ask one more, one more question from our chat, um, and then we got to get into video games uh, and what's going on this week, because obviously we had some big news this week. Uh, SG100, Matt, with the very important question, 
did you go to Brookfields and have the mozzarella sticks? <laughs> no, because we went to Red Robin before that, and so we ate there first. No, that would have been fun, but no, like the kids wanted to go eat a certain thing. For I'm those, sure the paint would have been down. For those that don't get the joke, Brookfields was the little cafe area. It's still, actually, it's still there all this it's time later. It's still there. The, the, it's the same menu. It's exactly probably. like a little cafe. It's a chain. Yeah, but, yeah. but a very it's like small a, it's chain. Like a ish A step up. Step you know, up. the funny thing is that I have been totally wanting someone to go to Brookfields for me just to get me a bucket of the Avgo Lemino that they have because yeah. that's like the favorite thing to have when I'm not feeling well. It's good. They always have good soups there. I tried. I finally made it for myself and it was almost as good. But that's really where this show together because it wasn't about playing DDR at the arcade. It was about sitting around eating mozzarella sticks at, you know, fourth dinner after eating it, after being at the arcade and just talking about us talking about video games and that's that's where this show is 21 years later after those uh first mozzarella sticks so all right well on that note let's get into what we do here at the show and talk about what is going on in games obviously i think you all know the big news of the week i'm sure many of you were watching the nintendo direct i know yeah, rihanna's have- pregnant i know <laughs> I know you all have thoughts. That was not covered in the direct. That was not covered in the direct. uh, But maybe they'll be. Today was the Rihanna direct. Earlier this week was the (laughs) uh, Nintendo direct. And, uh, you know, already people I see in chat. Hi, uh, DBZ9410 says the direct was awesome. But my only gripe is We Heart Katamari isn't coming out until June. Well, let's talk about that. And let's talk about the other stuff that happened at the Nintendo direct. Because I think people have. From what I gather, some real strong feelings across the board. Some people thought this was the best. I, I saw comments on Mastodon. This is the best direct Nintendo's ever done. I've seen comments that were like, I slept during that entire presentation. So this is a very polarizing kind of direct, I think. Um, but let's let's recap and, and see where we land here. Loki, if you wouldn't mind uh, telling us what, 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 yeah, what so we saw. I did, I did watch it. I wouldn't say it's the best or the worst. It was just a direct. It was another direct. They had some surprises. They had a few games. I'm just like, why is this getting a fourth sequel? Like, why, why this? I, uh, I, I felt it did what it needed to do. That was yeah. my feeling on the direct. There were some games where I was like, oh, you know, I'm not that into this, but I definitely noticed Nintendo leaning into their strength, and that is multiplayer couch gaming. Like, you know, with what they were showing, like the Kirby and some of this stuff. Not to get too ahead of myself, but I think even though there was some stuff where I was like, maybe I personally am not into this, I think they really did try to kind of cover a lot of their bases with what they showed. But anyway, let me let Loki get into it, and then we can, you know, right. follow up. So. Um, like this not really going to be in order here, but, um, some stuff that we saw, uh, as Jason mentioned in the intro, Samba de Amigo Party Central Yay. coming to the Switch. That's pretty exciting. It um, is. you know, you know, using the Joy-Cons as maracas and stuff like that. I just wish they had a way that I could actually use my maracas from Dreamcast with it. I, I well, bet somebody will sell a cheap I, plastic attachment can, just like they did with the Wii version. You can <laughs> take your maracas you take your Joy Cons, <laughs> you duct tape them to them, and there you go. Duct tape mod. Uh, I I really like the look of the new Samba game. It's very much like uh, what the year two thousand looked like before the year two thousand. Uh, that was kind of the look of Samba de Amigo to me. I wish we knew a little more about the song list. I'm very curious if they're going to dip into licenses. Uh, there are licenses, I think it oh, mentioned in there. That's good. Yeah, because um, it was kind of curious um, what that entails. Obviously, I just think it had... still has the Burning Rangers theme. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember uh, the Burning Rangers theme stuff. I'm trying to see. There's, a, I thought there was a little pop up that they did talking about licensed songs. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know how to play this. Where's the thing? Oops. Shit. Sorry, wasn't trying to get the audio back through, but I was trying to show some video here live as we are uh, talking about Samba de Amigo here. Might as well do the uh, second screen thing here so y'all can see it. But um, yeah, I mean, I like the look of it. Is it is it too late for uh, Samba de Amigo to make no. a comeback? No, it's never too late. no, it's seamless. <laughs> like, it's never yeah. too late. No, I, it, I yeah. So they have uh, forty songs. They said across genres. Uh, I guess they didn't mention licenses or not, but. It's cool. 40 songs is still pretty solid. Well, and you know uh, they're going to lean into Sega stuff. Like, there will absolutely be, like, you know, uh, pro- probably, like, the Fantasy Zone song. Uh, something from Yakuza will be in there. Hopefully we can get, you know, <laughs> like, what, karaoke what's that songs. Song to the top? Yeah. yeah, I want the karaoke songs. Yeah, the karaoke songs will be in there. So I'm sure there'll be a little bit of that because that's what Sega always does, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, but... Uh-huh. um. The other thing I just want to say about this game, we did know a little while back that Sega has been working on wanting to revive some of their old properties, right? I feel like that was some stories we talked about where Sega's kind of like exploring yeah. that. And so this definitely feels like a product of that. I wouldn't thing. mind seeing a um, Space Channel 5 done in this kind of style. Hell I know yes, we had say it again. We had, didn't we have a VR Space Channel 5 we or did. something like that? Wasn't the last one? Yep. Yeah, so I, it would be nice to see like a new one. I think they could do that if this takes off. You know, I could see them coming back for that. We'll see. Uh, Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp is now finally coming out. Um, it was delayed, of course, because of the whole Ukraine-Russia uh, war thing. So now that is coming out, looks like April 21st, which is about a year later than it was originally. Uh, we got a new trailer for Bayonetta Origins, uh, Cereza, and The Lost Cute. Demon. And, yeah, it's all right. It does, coming it, out in March. It does look cute, but I'm going to be completely honest. And this isn't a read. This is just something that happens in video games sometimes. And it's it's okay. It's, you know, what happens. This game looks like something that didn't start as Bayonetta. It looks like yeah. something that started as something else, and somebody decided, let's make this like a Bayonetta game to I, maybe drive more copies or something. Like, that's I my honest K- reaction to this. Kotaku's description of it, I think, sums it up perfectly. Mm-hmm. This is to, uh, to Bayonetta what Muppet Babies is to the Muppet Show. I, I don't know about that. That, that just seems a little... <laughs> Like somebody thought that was a cute thing to compare it to that. I just, I, don't know, okay. I, I feel it. like, God, I'm trying to think of a game like, I don't know, maybe Silent Hill, the room or something, which didn't actually start as a Silent mm. Hill game. If, well, I don't know. Actually, I've heard that that's been. Actually uh, remind you a little bit of Okami. A little bit. Yeah. With that cell art style for sure. But just some of the, the way the scenery looks. Yeah. Or maybe like a beautiful Joe type of thing. Maybe. Yeah, but but I also think that maybe it's something to expand the universe to make it more accessible to other players who may not be into the Bayonetta genre. Oh, that's a good thought. Maybe something like to make the genre, uh, because let's be real, Bayonetta is not exactly a family-friendly franchise, but this might be something where it's like, oh, well, you know, you can still get the Bayonetta character out there in front of younger folks with an age appropriate game. I'm assuming I, I don't you know, I don't know well, if because she drops the F-bomb, but young Bayonetta. Yeah. So maybe it's a way to kind of just expand Bayonetta's reach to s- sell more merch. I don't know. I, that is a, a clever uh, insight on that. I mean, it would make sense to me, and especially since Nintendo seems to have a big focus on 
doing a few more family friendly things, things that all people could get into because fans of Bayonetta are going to want to play, you know, especially the diehard fans, even though it, it might look like it's a simple game, they're going to want to play it. Yeah. And then, you know, people who are like, oh, this looks like a fun, you know, let's run around and, and be a little girl in her world of dreams, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Sia Tiberian chat calls it baby Netta. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Kind of. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bassinetta. <laughs> Bassinetta. <laughs> Funny. Uh, we had a game called uh, Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Uh, looks like it's from the developers behind Danganronpa. Yeah. And, and it looks strange, but neat. And it definitely looks like the Spike Chin Soft thing. It'll have an audience. Yeah, I'll play it. Uh, another trailer for Disney Illusion Island which kind of has that cuphead well, I mean it's more the new the modern uh Mickey Donald Goofy thing yeah it's it's all right I don't know um but I, they're going to have that coming out in July actually I think this is kind of a big deal I really do I think this is a much stronger announcement than most people are giving it credit for no offense no offense because I completely you know everybody has their opinion and no opinion is invalid but I I feel like you know obviously Disney games are always going to have an audience. You know, the Disney brand is very strong. I think this is a really interesting way to kind of bring back those old Genesis games, the Castle of Illusion and all that stuff. You know, those games are obviously very legendary for their Mm -hmm. time, and we know they re-release those. And so this seems like kind of like a step forward for it. But I think also the other very important part of this is that it appears they've instituted what I was talking about before, the couch co-op thing. Although I... I'm assuming it'll work online too. I think the couch co-op potential for this game as like family friendly, uh, but not even necessarily just for families, for people that enjoy platformers and so forth. I think there's a lot here that kind of reads to me like a new Super Mario Brothers with all four characters you can play at once meets the Disney Castle of Illusion stuff meets a really cool art style here. I I actually think this is a big deal. Um, I mean, we'll see the quality of the game when it's actually released, because obviously I'm seeing the trailer, but I I think this has the potential to move a lot of units. Um, We also got another trailer, a little bit more of a deeper dive on Pikmin 4, which is coming out in July. And they say it's been been worked on since 2015. Cool. I'm glad people like Pikmin. I just feel that other games deserve a sequel versus three sequels. Um, yeah, I can't say I'm super excited about Pikmin, but some of the characters look cute. Which is funny because I play the Pikmin mobile game, but um, yeah. it's very different than the console games. Uh, another, well, I mean, they pretty much ended with a new trailer for Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so I'm excited. That- that looked pretty cool, and that's obviously for pre-order, and yeah, uh, it, very interesting. Um, they're going to have new new Mebo, so that's cool. Hot take incoming. I thought the trailer was kind of weak, considering this game is three months out. And maybe they're just trying to hold a bunch of secrets or whatever, but I was fully expecting like a 15-minute deep dive or something a little longer. I mean, it's not... It's not bad, but when you couple it with the other headline, and I know we'll dive into it a little more in detail later in the show, but about the $70 price tag they're asking for this game, I felt they didn't do a good enough job justifying that. I think, I mean, it's not, ultimately, it's not going to matter. People are going to eat this up. If If it's anywhere close to as strong as Breath of the Wild was, it's going to be a good game. 
I'm just a little surprised by the strategy on multiple fronts. But yeah. I, I think Nintendo can be bold here. I think they will get away with it. I don't think gamers are going to gamers are going to fork it up. And that's why they're doing it. So here's a weird thing, though, about this game to begin with. Like, I always thought from like the early trailers, it made it seem like it was going to be a two player co-op game. Like you, one person would control Link and the other would control Zelda almost. But like, it doesn't seem that that's what this is, which is kind of weird. I thought that would be kind of the new gimmick to it, but. I guess not. Um, what else? We had a uh, Xenoblade Chronicles three expansion pass volume three. So they talked about some new outfits and stuff like that and new character, I think. And what else? Fashion dreamer um, is I'll coming play out. It. Yep. And, <laughs> and you, you have to suggest outfits for influencers and do some stuff there. And this out of absolutely nowhere, Tron identity. Right. Looks like, Looks like a uh, visual novel game or something like that. So that's kind of cool. Well, actually, they actually did announce that at the Game Awards, but it was like, I think literally the logo. And I think we knew it was a story-based game at the time. This is the first we've seen any of like the actual game. So it looks good. Yeah, no, it does. I like the style. Yeah, I I I just, I'm thrilled to see Tron coming back. I hope the story's good. I really do. Now can we have a movie? Right. Without, you know who? Anyway, yeah, there there was still something though out of there that I'm a little bit more excited about. Dan and I were talking about this morning. Well, let's let's keep going. Let's see if Loki gets there because they're bringing uh, okay. up other headlines in chat too. So it's fine. Yeah, uh, Ghost Trick is getting um, a remake, I believe, or remaster for the Switch. So that's pretty cool. Um, this was neat. It's. It goes to show, like, other people can make Konami games better than Konami, but Dead Cells, we knew that they had that whole return to Castlevania thing. Well, we got more of a look of it now, and it looks Richter. fantastic. It's Richter! Yeah, it looks really so, good. My favorite it's just, Belmont. It's just, like, let's just let these guys just make another Castlevania game. Like, just let them do it, because they're going to do it way better than you can. Um, Deca Police which I'm not really sure what it is, but uh, it looks weird. <laughs> and that is uh, coming out here pretty soon. Splatoon 3 DLC had my head scratching. I have no idea what this is supposed to be, but apparently they've got you know Wave 1, which is Inkopolis, uh, which is from the original game. I, is it just a new HUD area? Is that it? Um, and then they also had Wave 2, which is Side Order, which looks like a different art style and a different HUD area. I'm, I'm going to say something bold and sensationalist, but I mean it. This is the biggest flop announcement Nintendo has done in a long time. The Splatoon DLC was not sold or explained well whatsoever. Uh, it at, like if that wave one, if that really is what it is, they're trying to say, oh, it's a new hub, but you do all the same things in this hub if you want to that you don't do in the other hub, you know, I, I, or or that you can already do in the other. hub. It didn't make sense. Like, where's the new story stages? Where's the new like, do you do you play in Inkopolis or something like that? Um, and Mike Def points out side order is the story DLC. But yeah, Inkopolis seems like it's just a new hub. So why the fuck would I buy? Inkopolis, unless uh, are do you have to buy both together? 
Is yeah, that what I think it you is? Get the expansion pass, and that's probably going to be like twenty five bucks because that's what they've been charging for their expansion passes. Then, uh, honestly, I there is no way I would buy this until that side order is out and explained better. I I think this was a complete misfire and the lowest point of the entire direct. And I'm not. That's not a read on Splatoon. The game is fine. It's just we've come to expect very rich DLC packages from Nintendo. They typically knock it out of the park. Um, you know, with the DLC they've done for Mario. Kart 8. Fucking even that Mario Kart 8 announcement. Sorry, I know you're not there yet, but even that Mario Kart 8 announcement was way better than what they did for Splatoon. Exactly. The Mario Mysterious to it was it was a flop. Sorry. Yeah, the Mario Kart 8 announcement wasn't even for like the whole thing of DLC. It was just saying, hey, we're making a new Yoshi's Island track that's gonna be in the next um, you know, course pack or whatever that's coming out. And Birdo is gonna be in the game as well, coming back. So I'm sorry, but trans rights icon Birdo coming out this week in particular, that's all I'm going to say with everything else going on is, is great. <laughs> you know, uh, and Birdo, Birdo's a great character to be putting in the game. So um, I'm thrilled. Um, what else? We had uh, lots of, oh, there's so many announcements, uh, Fire Emblem Engage expansion pass, uh, the wave two and three, I guess, adding more, Fire Emblem people, I don't know. Like, I am so withdrawn from this game. Uh, it's cool. Um, Harmony, The Fall of Reverie. Uh, it's a new visual novel game. Looks pretty cool. Octopath Traveler 2. They showed off um, some more of that. And there was a demo that was out, which is pretty cool. It's also on um, PlayStation, by the way, if you didn't know. Sometimes oh, that me. happens with these directs. It's actually a stealth release on multiple fronts. It's just Nintendo gets mm-hmm. to unveil it. Yeah. Uh, we love Katamari Reroll plus Royal Reverie, uh, which is a remake of We Heart Katamari. And then they're also, I guess you can play as the, the king as well, which is neat. Uh, I, I love Katamari. I do. I love Katamari as well, which is why I'm, I'm going to be, I am actually really frustrated that they're just not doing a new Katamari game. Like, why do they have to go back and keep remastering the old ones? I'm not saying the old ones are bad, but I'm like, if... If the sales of re, uh, Katamari Damashi re-roll, the first one they remastered, if the sales were strong enough there to justify continued releases in the Katamari series, why aren't they investing in a new game? Why are we still getting a remaster of one that's been already out? I don't know. I mean, again, it was out several cycles ago. It was what, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360? So, you know, and it's very hard. Oh, can, can you play We Heart Katamari on Xbox Series X with 360? Compatibility? I'm pretty sure it was on the Switch. Was we? Or, or, no, 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 no. We Heart Katamari. The re-roll was on the Switch. No, yeah. Right. Re- no, no, no. I'm talking about but We Heart Katamari, the original, was uh, a 360 um, PS3 game. And I yeah, thought, I think you can probably play yeah, it. Yeah, you on... can probably play it. So I just, like, I, I'm kind of in this place where I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, why won't you just do a new Katamari game? <laughs> like, make some new stages. Have the, Have the... You know, have the king of all cosmos be a character if that's what you want to do. Like, it just, it's weird to me. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, we have the Etrian Odyssey collection or Origins collection. It's the modernization of the three. I think it's the, um, I don't know if it's the only three games in that series, but uh, those are coming out on June 1st, which look pretty cool. Um, nice RPG stuff. Sea of Stars, also another uh, kind of. 90s styled RPG game that's coming out. And what else? Uh, Omega Strikers, which is like a soccer anime looking game. 
Uh, then we get into some of the more um, interesting things. Also, just like why is it taking so long? But Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games finally coming to Nintendo Switch Online, and so they had lots of games with that. Super Mario Advance Four, um, Mario Super Mario Bros. Three, uh, WarioWare Inc., uh, Kuro Kuro Kurin, uh, Mario Kart Super Circuit, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, The Legend of Zelda Minish Cap. And I think Game Boy games, I uh, know we had uh, Tetris, which I was surprised that they put that in there. Uh, Super Mario yeah, Land too. 2, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening, DX, Gargoyle's Quest, Game & Watch Gallery 3, Alone in the Dark, The New Nightmare. I don't know why you'd want to it put is it on a, Game Boy. But... It is a strange lineup, isn't it, on both both fronts? I mean, there's like some real heavy hitters in there. Like you said... I think Tetris on the Game Boy is like a real huge and pleasant surprise. I would have assumed that licensing wouldn't have made that possible, but you know, I'm not a legal person, so whatever. They got it cleared somehow. Um, that's pretty cool. What do you think about the whole like Game Boy is for regular Switch Online, where Game Boy Advance is for uh, Switch Online expansion pack? I think that I still don't have expansion pack for the record. <clears throat> I I have it because we were doing it for. Um the animal crossing stuff i i don't yeah. think my kids even play the switch anymore i mean I, on... i'm still on a friend's plan ah that's a way to do it um let me yeah. go to a question that was asked in chat a little bit earlier about this story uh dbz 9410 in chat who i believe is new tonight in chat so hello thanks for being here tonight says um do you think nintendo will give us a format on how games on nintendo online will be released going forward like no. one of the month nes uh one's snes and one game boy game week two one genesis game yeah and it and lays it out and That'll my aunt, never no, happen. no nintendo's not going to hold themselves to that kind of calendar because nobody's gonna um Nobody's going to hold back their money for them not doing it. I do think, though, this lineup of games is intentionally weird and all over the map and very limited. When NES and SNES launched, there were 30 games in each of those libraries. Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's like six or eight. It's somewhere like it's no more than eight. They're drip feeding it so that you you stay enrolled in that plan. It it is just it is. It's a ripoff, is They're what it is. Absolutely like, leaving the space to do some big game inserts in there, and as you know, we move. And you already saw, like, hey, if you had F Zero on your bingo card for the direct, congratulations. Technically, you can check it off because they said F Zero maximum velocity from the advance is in the slate for the future. And I'm sure, you know, they did Mario Advance Three. Well, why not? Or I'm sorry. Was that Mario Advance 4 that was Super Mario Brothers 3? I don't I can never yeah. remember the number. Yeah, it's but four. obviously the the very first Mario Advance was the second game. I think Yoshi's Island was one of them too. And then of course, uh they did a really good uh redo of the first Mario Brothers game, Super Mario Brothers period uh from the original Game Boy. So there's a lot of room in there for just all of these other releases. I mean, we still have what like Alleyway, the original Super Mario Land on Game Boy. Like there there's just so much room for more stuff to come out still in the future. And I think, I don't think Nintendo's ever going to hold themselves to a regular schedule. They're not going to let you have that benefit of the doubt. And I think as as far as the chat comment goes, I don't want to say they're done with NES and Super Nintendo, but there's not much for them left. I think anything else, I'm sure you all still have games on your wish list for that. 
they are games that are either third party doesn't want to do it or licensing is an issue at this point. And so I, I just think there isn't a lot left for NES and SNES. Yes, I want to see Earthbound as well, but, you know. Oh, wait, no. Did Earth, didn't Earthbound come out? I don't remember. but like, it, I'm out of it. it it's just, Earthbound's zero you know, did, I think. They really, I think, missed an opportunity with Virtual Console being gone. Yeah. Honestly, like I think that was a huge mistake um, because people like collecting games. And even if it's a digital library, like you could still package that in a very interesting way if you wanted to, like, you know, where you just have your digital collection. You can like look at the box art and look at all that stuff like they could have presented it in a really smart way and sold each one of those for like like nine dollars or eight dollars, which I still think it was like, you know, it was still pretty expensive at the time. But people would pay that, and like, what what are you doing now? You're like holding stuff back for an expansion pass that's like twenty five dollars a year. Yeah, like you could have made way more money off of that. Like if you really were smart about it. But this is Nintendo, and they're just going to do whatever the hell they want. And that's why they're not going to hold themselves to any sort of like calendar or schedule because in their eyes, they're not competing against each- anything. They're not competing against Sony or microsoft they're in their own little world and so these titles, they're not yeah. competing against anyone then they they are beholden to no one <coughs> and just quickly sorry sorry chat yeah i for, t- totally forgot the earthbound games were stealth released last year so my bad on that but sg 100 map points out uniracers is a title that's missing that was you know i don't know if there's music in that or something i don't i don't know what the whole no, it's is a great game yeah. yeah it's a great game it's missing so there's there's still mm-hmm. lots they could fill in with for sure uh, more releases. So we had Fantasy Life I, the girl who steals time. Which I looks I thought Fantasy Life was done for. I didn't, you know, because the last the last game was on the 3ds or the DS in like 2012. It's been a long time since we have Fantasy Life. So the fact that there's a new one coming, I was actually like, oh shit, that's pretty cool. That was the most unexpected surprise thing to me. Honest to God, like the new Fantasy Life, I was like, whoa, that's awesome. So were those like amiibos or anything, or is that just like characters that look like amiibos? No, they're just it's it's le- it's a level five game, so it's just oh. it's yeah. Uh, we have a new Professor Layton game, Professor Layton in the World of mm-hmm. Steam. That's mm-hmm. kind of out of nowhere. It looks pretty cool art style wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's something that we probably never thought that we were going to see: Bait and Chaos One and Two HD Remaster. Yeah, that's surprising. Uh, even more surprising metroid prime remastered and launched the same day that was a that was a clever little thing of nintendo to do because obviously those those remasters have been well i say remasters because i thought it was gonna be the trilogy but Uh, speaking of drip feeding why would nintendo unleash the trilogy all at once when they can drip feed 40 dollars for one two and then three later down the line which is probably the real plan so for them to shadow release you know part one that was a, it was a nice surprise. I think the biggest thing about that news, and I'm going to be honest, I actually haven't picked it up yet because something else grabbed my attention this week, and I'll get into that later. Um, but uh, I will pick it up eventually. And I heard that the biggest thing about it is that they actually changed the control, well, optionally changed the control scheme to a modern FPS control scheme if you want to do that. And that's that's been a game changer for that game for a lot of people. So I'm really excited to to check it out. It looks eventually. good too. Like the remaster looks pretty pretty good. Like the visuals definitely hold up as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't want to play it with better controls, but 
I'm just I'm just shocked that it was a you know surprise release with a physical version also due. Honestly, at this point, maybe I'll just pick up the physical version since I'm waiting anyway. Um, but I, I thought that was, but when I heard there was a physical version, I was like, oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. They're going to charge full price for this. That's what they're doing. But then I, I ended up being wrong and it's only $40, but I mean, that's, that's about on the higher oh, wow. end of what a remaster, of you know, uh, now. You know, but uh, but also I'm like, you know what? If they released F Zero for the GameCube remaster with a similar thing, with some new tracks or something, I'd I'd fucking pay forty dollars for it. I'd actually probably pay sixty. Uh, <laughs> but don't don't tell Nintendo that. Hmm. Uh, Dark Tatia also points out that Metroid Prime uh, remaster supports the GameCube adapter. Oh, good. I would have never thought of that. Interesting. And Orange Right says it has optional gyro controls. If that's something that you're into, interesting. Is that it? Do we get everything? That was it. That All was right. everything. Yeah. So yeah, at the end of the day, I thought it was a pretty solid direct. I mean, I think for everybody, there was at least one or two things that grabbed your attention. And yeah, some surprise remasters. I guess the um, even though it wasn't in the US one, the Atlier games were also announced for remasters with Byton Katos as well. Uh so on the Japanese direct. So that's also the like the level of RPG content. Would like see stars. There was a lot of RPG content, so I think a lot of RPG fans are feeling very fed from that Nintendo Direct, and that's that's mm-hmm. great. Um, you know, I think there was a lot of something for everybody, but then I think the parts in between may have just been a little bit of you know not as interesting to you. Uh, Dark Soccer it seems like there was a lot in that event that you liked too. Some games you're gonna pick yeah, up. Yeah, the Castlevania stuff was was pretty happy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a. Uh... Overall, I mean, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I just say it was what it was. Yeah. And um, I reserve judgment for the final, the final pieces, of course. Mm-hmm. There's a few things that I'm definitely looking looking forward to. Yeah, I think especially when you consider it's it's a little more of an off cycle direct, meaning it's not like E3 or holiday releases or whatever. I think it makes it you know that much stronger. For a February direct, it was pretty good. It actually kind of makes me wonder. With these rumors, you know, we were talking last week, Nintendo's not doing E3 and that they may not have holiday releases, which I, I still refuse to believe no, that. I refuse they, to believe they that. They will have, they, they easily could have I'm holiday releases. I'm kind of like, what are they going to do in June? But, but I think there is a possibility Nintendo may not do a direct until August. I think. I don't know. I, I think that they're going to do one right around E3. I don't think that we'll they're going to. We'll see. It's anyone's guess, really. It really is. So they can show they, there's lots of stuff that they could show. I mean, they have like tons of games that aren't coming out right away. Like they can't tell you can't tell me like they don't have a release schedule for like the second half of the year because that doesn't make any sense. They have to have something. Yeah. And as a 100 Matt points out, the shareholders wouldn't let them not have a holiday release of something. Well, yeah. Exactly. And I, I, you know, we all know Metroid Prime 4 is happening at some point, but even even if that has been bumped to the Switch's successor, which is what I think is the case at this point, to be quite honest, um, I, I, they have to be doing a Mario Odyssey sequel or something in the Mario universe. Like, what was, especially with the fucking movie this year, wh- where's the new Mario game with that? That That's the biggest shock to me. So I, I would literally be shocked if Nintendo is not bringing Mario to the holidays. 
of some sort, whether it's, you know, we've also had a rumor of a new 2D Mario that kind of plays into where Mario Maker took things for a while. Just, I, I would just be shocked if there isn't some kind of Mario thing for the holidays. There's got to be. We'll see. All right. Well, for now, let's talk about the games we have been playing this week in How Was Your Gaming Week? Dark Soccer, I know you've been under the weather, but has that stopped your gaming or has that just increased it? <laughs> just so you know, you're muted on Discord right now. I can see the little icon. I don't know if you're trying to talk or what have you. Or did she step away? That's the only bummer is I can't see the camera. So she may have stepped away for a minute. And I just missed that. So why don't I... Oh, yeah, she stepped away for a second. So why don't I go to Loki? Loki, tell us about your gaming week. Uh, my gaming week was basically Minecraft. We did a... a I've been working on a lot of stuff for just uh, designing things for my modded series. Uh, we did a live stream from the Channel 64 uh, server yesterday. So it was a stream day. We had 14 hours of content. Uh, so that was fun. I, I participated in that for most of the day actually and other people's streams and stuff uh i didn't really do much in mine lit up some caves for a friend <laughs> so <laughs> that was that it was mostly just talking about things reminiscing about stuff I had one of the old um collusion mc guys in there so we were talking about stuff like that um we're kind of thinking back to you know the stuff that happened there so that's fun um so yeah it was a pretty good stream but yeah it's pretty much just that i didn't really play any other games other than minecraft this week Okay. All right. But it sounds like you had some good uh, content making sessions there. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a lot of fun with that. Nice. All right. Uh, well, while we wait for Dark Soccer to get back, I'll go ahead with my gaming week then. And so uh, my kind of big news for this week, maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a visual here. So I picked up um, this game. And for those on the podcast feed, I'm holding up a copy of Returnal on the PlayStation 5. And if I'm holding up a PS5 game, that must mean that I got one of these, too. And I'm holding up a PlayStation 5 controller, which is still plugged into the charger. But I sure did. I um, I finally got the PlayStation 5. Uh, the, play the Sony PlayStation 5 finally met the can I walk into the store and buy it test. And as it turns out, uh, Best Buy had a lot of them available. So I uh, just... I, I did still order it online and go pick it up, but I mean, it's really all the same. If you can go right online and it's ready in an hour, uh, it's that's that's close enough for me uh, of being on the shelf. So uh, there you go. I finally broke the seal on PlayStation 5. Why now? Um, I did it now because especially with Theatrhythm coming out, which I know is a, very, is, was a PlayStation 4 game, but I was kind of like, mm, I definitely want to stream that. And I think I'll hook up the PlayStation 5 in my office here, which I did. That's why I have it all right here. So I can make it really easy to stream from that. I know you can stream within the PlayStation 5 itself, but I, I still prefer to do it uh, through OBS and a capture card and all that just because um, uh, you can have your own looks and the webcam and all that. Um but um, I, I and then of course Final Fantasy 16. I made it no secret. I'm really excited about that, and that is coming out this summer. Um, also, maybe a little bit motivated. I'm going to be honest by the news of the PlayStation Collection going away, and if I wanted to grab all those games, and I should just pull the trigger now. So I'm going to really kick myself if they end up doing a hardware refresh. But with the PlayStation VR on its way out pretty soon, it would be really weird to do a hardware refresh now when they've got to be moving those v VR2 units. 
So I just decided to say, fuck it. And I, I did it. I finally pulled the trigger on it. So uh, what have I been playing? Well, obviously, uh, I've, I've been downloading some of my PS4 stuff. And I, I like I got my cloud save for uh, Theatrhythm, moved over to the PlayStation 5, which I did through remote play, actually, because I can have my PS5 talk to my PS4 through remote play, which was pretty cool. And I did it all while Alan was streaming to see if the bandwidth was strong enough. And it is. And that's really exciting. The PlayStation 4 image was a little amp, but it, it worked good enough. So I was uh, very, very um, excited about that. Um, and then, of course, I've been playing a little bit of Returnal. I haven't been able to spend a lot of time with it where I can really go into a deep dive with it. But it is a very good looking game and very well shows off the controller and e3vl in chat says the playstation 5 edge controller is a game changer especially with software features cost a lot but worth it if you play often well you know this this new controller on playstation 5 you know the haptic really is a game changer and i i had it's this isn't my first time touching a playstation 5 i mean uh when i was at dragon con and at bobby's house i played like a little bit of the um final fantasy 7 remake dlc uh, which I also need to get to now, by the way. Uh, but I played a little bit of that and, you know, felt, but now that I'm really sitting down, spending some extra time and playing Returnal, and especially now that like I'm finding out, oh, there's a mechanic where like there is a difference about holding the aim button down halfway and doing the, the aim button down the <coughs> entire way. Uh, that there is a difference there is very interesting. It's a very weird feeling to get used to, but I kind of like it. It's a, it's a neat little feature for that controller. And it definitely seems like the PlayStation 5's probably most advanced feature is what they're doing with that controller. It's uh, a pretty neat piece of hardware. So, um, but yeah, Questbuster says Returnal is a lot of fun, can be tough. Don't be afraid to die, but it's really enjoyable if you love action shooters. It, I'm definitely getting big Metroid Prime vibes from the game, but like mixed with a roguelike type of thing, uh, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, so I'm very, and I, I also noticed the game kind of gates you into dying. Like you have to die at a certain point on your first go through, which is basically how it's teaching you the game. Um, so yeah, I've already gotten to that point for sure. And I'm starting to explore a little more. I just unlocked like the, being able to teleport and some of that. So I'm still, I think I'm still learning new things about the game, but, um, it's been fun to play so far. Oh yeah, E3VL points out Astro Playground is a good one too. That's right. That comes, that's like the pack-in game, so to speak, with the PlayStation 5. I also, since um, I was only able to find the God of War Ragnarok bundle for the PlayStation 5, but I was like, eh, is that such a bad thing to be picking up? People seem to really enjoy that game. So I will check that out at some point too, because it comes with a little digital insert code uh, for uh, God of War Ragnarok. So I'll be checking that out. So that was my gaming week. I mean, otherwise, what else did I play? Oh, Final Fantasy 14. I went to Final Fantasy 14 because I wanted to start popping some of the trophies on PlayStation 5 because the trophy list is different. But here's the funny thing. To do it on PlayStation 5, you have to, like, do a quest, and then all your quest-related trophies will pop. Kill a monster, and all your monster-related trophies will pop. So I still have things I need to do just to like get the system to do the trophy check and pop the rest of those. But it's really hard for me to play that game on controller. Uh, so I really hope I can just plug my keyboard and my mouse into the PlayStation 5 and play that way. Uh, which I think I you would be able to. I would think, I mean, you could do it on the PlayStation 3. Why wouldn't you be able to do that on the 5? Uh, especially because Final Fantasy 14 is on it. So um, I would assume I can do that and then do like a dungeon the way I'm used to with keyboard mouse and be able to, you know, pop some of those other achievements, but the game, I mean, I mean, I have a nice computer, so it runs really well on my computer, but it does, it runs, it's very, very smooth, like butter on the PlayStation five. I will say that it's pretty cool. So 
All right. Uh, let me cycle back to Dark Sakura. Why don't you tell us about your gaming week? Um, well, I did a couple of uh, sessions of Dead by Daylight. I honestly, I was a little bit too unwell, I think, to to play very effectively. I got through five games and was like, okay, I'm done. Um, but I did make uh, Eerie 1 for Survivor. <clears throat> and nice. I got two more Adepts. Uh, last week I got... Uh, Huntress of all characters wow. who I stuck at, but I watched a video that talked about the characters' hitboxes, and I just remembered to aim for the butt. Oh yeah, you you brought that up in a uh, previous yeah. week. Yeah, aim for the butt. Okay, yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah. That. No, it's but, fine. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also have been playing a lot of Marvel Midnight Suns, mm. just getting through the story since I don't really have the energy for doing a lot of anything else. Um, and, of course, there's my Wordscapes game. I didn't play any Star Ocean because I haven't streamed it. Um, but I, for the first time, I finally got my arm twisted into playing Among Us. And uh, I like it. <laughs> um, when I got Imposter, I ha got first uh, four kills before I got caught. <laughs> How, how'd and they then, catch you? How'd they catch you? Um... I I think it was just process of elimination. Ah, okay. Because I don't think anyone actually saw me do anything. Mm. Um, and then um, on uh, the second round, I didn't do as well, but I but I fooled one of my friends. <laughs> um, and then uh, the third the third time I got imposter, I killed five people, and I was the shapeshifter. Hmm. <clears throat> and because if you get voted out as the shapeshifter, you become a a ghost crewmate and so mm -hmm. we finished the task so one way or another i was gonna win <laughs> um nice. and uh uh i i really i really just had a lot of fun i found myself in one more game one more game you know and uh of course uh my character ended up being orange so i repped appropriate yeah and then kind of game related is I busted out a lot of uh, merch, <laughs> a lot of designs. Oh, cool. I now have a shirt that says hooker <laughs> that has a, a, a hook on it. I'm kind of surprised that didn't exist somewhere. Maybe it does, but it's your it's your hooker. Well, I'm still waiting on because with fourth wall where I'm doing all my stuff through, you have to get approval for. Like, some of the things are, like, limited things you have to, like, submit to have them put to your store. And I submitted kid stuff that says hooker in training. How funny. I have Mori Me. With the teeny little symbol. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, have, I have a few other things. And then I also made my Ski Ormond shirt. Oh, that's, that's clever. I like that. Yeah, it looks like it's straight from the '80s. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually finding my creative uh, thing again, and I'm considering doing. Yes, I said hooker in training. It's a reference to Dead by Daylight, <laughs> Bonds 006. Yeah. Um, but but it's been kind of good that my brain's waking up, that I'm getting my my game inspiration to do designs and stuff. So, um, but I really, I I really though. Um, I, and I got an achievement that I kind of thought I wanted to get in uh, Among Us. I killed somebody while I was disguised as them. <laughs> it was great. Perfect. I had so much fun as imposter. 
Well, sounds like you had a pretty action-packed gaming week in spite of uh, being sick. So. Oh awesome. yeah, and we actually have another pinball now. Um, oh. We traded out in, uh, uh, Indy, okay. Indy Five Thousand um, for Beatles, the the oh. one that's set up like the like one of the classic pinball tables. You know, the kind of open field with the big circle thing, and except it's got like the full motion video, and it's like early eras uh beatles music that's cool um and i i put a little thing of dan having a, a good ball on it on uh on tiktok i need so. to come play it's i'm overdue yeah, to well, come to your well, house and play wait till dan's negative and yeah then it's, you're welcome to it's gonna over. have to wait till after the cruise at this point but yeah yeah, yeah for sure but i'll i'll find i'll find the video for our folks in chat nice so yeah. all right <laughs> Okay, well, let's get into some gaming news. Speaking of uh, the the cruise I just mentioned, I remember there's not going to be a show in two weeks. We will not be here on February 26th. We will be here next weekend for President's Day weekend. Bobby will be back as well tonight uh, over the Voice of Geese Network. Or sorry, next week on Sunday night over the Voice of Geese Network. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be kind of our last show for a couple weeks, and then we'll be back in early March. Uh, with our next show, so that's um, yeah, it's February is just flying by, of course. So good times, but I'm very excited uh, to get get out of ha- get out of town for a week and uh, just relax. It's been a busy, busy year at work and all that stuff, and yeah, I'm just very excited to get out and see the world. So, all right, well, let's move on. Let's get into some headlines from what's going on in video games. So, Loki, why don't you start us off? Although I really feel like the Nintendo Direct was the big news, but there's there's some other things going on around. Yes, the never-ending saga of the Activision Blizzard Microsoft acquisition story. It just never is going to end. The story keeps delivering. It keeps delivering something. Uh, Well, in the UK, we have an update now. The the Competition and Markets Authority has announced that uh, provisional findings that basically said that this would threaten competition in the gaming market if this acquisition were to go ahead. They're saying that right now uh, Xbox and PlayStation compete closely with each other at present and access to the most important content like Call of Duty is an important part of that competition. Reducing this competition between Microsoft and Sony could result in all gamers seeing higher prices, reduced range, lower quality, and worse service in gaming consoles over time. All of those things already exist. Exactly, and it, all of those things already exist. This is once when you get basically somebody that's talking about an industry they don't understand. They make comments like this, and it's kind of annoying. However, they are also taking uh, public comment on this, kind of guess like the... Um, SEC, I think, does this as well. Mm. So um, they're going to basically give um, consumer or have solicit consumer feedback until um, they have March 1st. I guess the file or Activision Blizzard and Microsoft have March 1st to file their rebuttals. And that final report will be issued on April 26th. Um, one of the suggestions that CMA made was that they should perhaps uh, break up Activision Blizzard in order for that. Uh, to go ahead so maybe like only purchasing one portion of it yeah but then if like they purchase activision which has call of duty we're still in the same scenario here like i don't know i don't still see how that's really gonna help and you know if they want to split the company how about we take microsoft can get activision blizzard 
and Bobby Kotick can get the hell out of here. <laughs> that? <laughs> that, yes. That's my suggestion. Yes, that's split Bobby Kotick from the rest of Activision. I, I think that's a great idea. Did you like see what he's been doing? Like his his idea of like trying to move the thing forward is I know this is gonna come as a surprise considering his past behavior, but making threats that that that's that's a thing that he's done. Threatening, you know, different countries with saying that it's gonna be, you know, war or something like that. It's like shut the hell up, dude. Like Can can we just like have him I, I don't know. Can he choke on a pretzel or something? Like, I don't know. Like, just, just can, get out of the public can eye for a while. someone put him in a balloon? Go away. Send him to <laughs> Oz. Let him be their problem. You want to go ride on a Chinese balloon? Is that, is that what we're saying? <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. Instead of okay. like a, I'm a, sorry. a nice hey, hot air balloon. He, like, does he want to ride on a weather balloon that will go off course? conveniently even though we have multiple if not dozens of weather balloons that are off course but yeah anyway uh yeah uh bobby kotek needs to go and that's why it's very important that something happens with this merger and it does move forward and i i on on i'm gonna be honest i hope that uh if they do split activision blizzard i hope microsoft has taken the blizzard part um, even though they probably do want the Activision part because of Call of Duty, I I just think Blizzard. I just I I like Blizzard games enough where I want them to be free from the clutches of Bobby Kotick. Activision, I can cut my losses. That's that's what it really boils down to. It's a fucking selfish want. S two one hundred Matt says if the deal falls through, there's no chance the board lets him stick around. They're gonna put someone to help facilitate a sale. God, I hope you're. Tr- I hope you're right. I oh. I want to believe. I sure do. All right. Well, moving on and speaking of other acquisitions, this one actually did go through, and it's Meta or Facebook. You know that company uh, has a, a finished their acquisition of the company within. Um, now, this uh, was one that was also a little bit hotly contested as well because the FTC or Federal Trade Commission had filed an antitrust suit to block this deal in July of 2022, saying that Meta was using this to basically dominate the VR space because they had also acquired Beat Saber's creator, Beat Games. Meta delayed the acquisition to provide more time, and a federal court denied the preliminary injunction to block the merger while the FTC investigated, and then the commission decided to uh, not to appeal the loss, uh, and so on and so on. So uh, basically, Meta now controls the company Within. What the hell does Within do? They make VR fitness apps. This is the interesting part of this for me. I actually think this makes a lot of sense for Facebook, Meta, whatever, to acquire this company in particular, because I think fitness apps, they can attract audiences to a console, if you will, although I know, you know, the the MetaQuest, Oculus Quest, whatever, is not a traditional console. But, you know, I my mind goes to Wii Fit and how well that did on the Wii. Uh, how well exercising became for Connect and getting people moving there. I think especially, again, if Meta actually markets this to their Facebook users uh, as you know the, the fitness apps and so forth, I think this could be a very smart move for them. Although I think, 
I don't think Meta's marketing the their quest very well on their own platforms, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but it's going to so be interesting we'll to see what develops. Support them. Um, yeah. Oh no, I have no, I have no plans in getting a Meta Quest. Uh, but you know, I'm just kind of talking from like a perspective of what might do well for them. The only thing, though. Mm-hmm. That I can also see just from feeling like we've been down this road before since I brought up Connect. Why did Connect kind of die off? It really was not able to prove itself beyond dance games and fitness games. There's very few games we ever got that weren't dance games and fitness games. Well, what is Meta buying up? The biggest dance game of sorts. I know Beat Saber is not specifically a dance game, but come on, roll with me. You know it's Mm -hmm. adjacent. Yeah. And now fitness. So That's is all, Meta making it, the same mistake? I don't know if they're making the same mistake. They're trying. I think what they're struggling with right now is making money. They, well, well <laughs> yes. The, I mean, yes. That's basically what it comes down to. But they have a captive audience. They have an audience. of. Oh, no. I'd say it's a captive audience. Okay. Captive audience. Okay. Captive audience of, shall we say, Older individuals that use their product, Facebook. And how do we market to these people uh, a product that costs $300? And it's basically like, you know, they don't understand. Fitness. Hey, you, you, hey, hey, did you, did you become a fat ass during, you know, the <laughs> pandemic? We got a, We got a solution for you. It makes, you know, because fitness is you know, really boring, and no one wants to do that. It's not fun at all. But what if it were a game? What if we could make it into a game? And that's what they want to do with it. And, I mean, yeah, that is, it is motivating for people, like, if you want to do that. And it is a good way to sell it. And honestly, like, with Facebook and stuff, um, I see so many ads for fitness apps for um, the MetaQuest. Which is weird. I'm like, try, stop trying to sell me the MetaQuest. I already own one. Like, I, I don't need more ads for that. Like, right. that's the other thing they just don't understand. But, um, but yeah, it, it is fitness apps. And to the point of uh, Beat Saber, that's also kind of a fitness app, if you will, because it is moving quite a bit. And so I think that is going to be their angle that they're pushing to try to get people into the MetaQuest. Well, what Meta needs to do to do that and, I, and I'm shocked that they don't – again, this is where I'm like Meta is not a well-run company, and we all know the guy at the head of it is just the wrong person for this job. Yeah. He's a kid that got lucky. Yeah, He's – yeah, it, it's just but, – But here's the thing. Let me, let me finish my thought because honestly, it, it does not take a rocket scientist to figure out the best way to market fitness on the MetaQuest would be to actually publish in Facebook feeds – because, you know, obviously it would all be opt-in and it wouldn't share anything you didn't want to share, but have it be very easily shareable to brag to all of your friends, all of the other Karens in your Facebook circle, because we know that's a big crowd that's on Facebook, is, you know, sharing pictures of children, of cats, of dinner, and, oh, look, I lost five pounds this month using the Meta Fitness program. And it's right. And, and then that way all the other Karens can be like, oh, that's I got to try this out. This is what you're doing. That seems really cool. You know, like that's, that's what Meta's not doing. That blows my fucking mind. They have the easiest advertising mechanism. So I have no idea what they're doing. It's, it's honestly no different from when you left in many ways. 
good, yeah, the good and the bad. It's, I mean, honestly, like my kids have Quest twos, and they're pretty nice pieces of kit. Like it, it, it really is like a decent VR headset, and. Like I have no problem with like the the software and stuff that they have on it, and like fitness apps are great too. I think it's a good good way to get people to exercise, especially my kids, you know, who don't go out as I mean they go to school, but they don't go out and play or run around or anything like that. They stay at home and play games, so at least they're moving somewhat. They're not vigorously moving, but they're you know they're not sitting completely still. Right. So it's. It's something, but like, and I think it is something. It would be cool. they just haven't quite figured out how to gamify it enough to get people excited about, it. like, get people excited about it, like they got excited about Pokemon Go, something like that, yeah. where it's like very much like engaging. You know, this is you know more of just like fitness stuff. It's not. They need to figure out a way to really like gamify that somehow, well, even more than they're doing now. Well, they sh- the, the, if you want to see who's winning in that space, look at Peloton. For as expensive, yeah, yeah, for as expensive that. as that whole thing is, that's the thing that actually that's Peloton is doing exactly what I'm saying Meta should be doing because Peloton made it very easy to share on Instagram, on Facebook. Like, I did the Spice Girls bike ride with, you know, so-and-so, and and I burned this many calories, this and this. Like, that Peloton is a huge example of, like, who is gamifying, in a sense, fitness and getting people's attention. Huge. And they may not have Pokemon, but they have some huge personalities on that platform that, you know, people... Like, I have a friend that is super... Like, always, like, every time I see her, she's like, when are you getting a Peloton? And I'm like... They're expensive. I don't know if you're aware. And I, I need more room in my house. Like, I'm not really set up for that type of thing. But it's, you know, they, they, they've they got some real star trainers on there or whatever that, you know, are really uh, big personalities. And people get excited for the new specials. It's like Richard Simmons or some shit. Although nobody will ever be Richard Simmons. Let's make that clear. I'll be perfectly honest. The whole, I, the whole thought of Peloton and VR exercise does not appeal to me no i get it yeah it's and it's like it's another layer of why when i like things to be quiet and solitary when i'm you know sweating profusely and lifting heavy things no i get it i get it but yeah if if facebook doesn't figure out how to gamify this thing or get more like sharing and bragging and that sort of thing i just think this is a lost cause and they're just burning more money but we'll see we'll see all right well moving on dark sakura so now you know that i like to take the the other angles of video games mm-hmm. you know and so um i came across um an article uh uh, of a neuroscience study uh, that was published uh, from the University of Houston, where uh, they did a study to see if playing video games would cause harm to young children's cognitive abilities. And the study, and I'll just read the quote, our studies turned up no such links, regardless of how long the children played and what types of games they chose. And that's from uh, Ji Zhang, the uh, associate professor of curriculum and instruction at the University of Houston College of Education, who's also on the research team. It was published in the Journal of Media Psychology. Um, They examined the video game habits of 160 diverse uh, urban public school preteens 
70% from lower income housing, uh, households, sorry, um, that represented uh, a group that hadn't been studied in earlier research. And so they, uh, they reported them playing uh, video games an average of two and a half hours a day. The heaviest ones were four and a half hours a day. And they looked for association between uh, their, uh, you know, their games that they were playing and how much they were playing and their performance on the standardized cognitive ability test seven, the COGAT. Um, it evaluates verbal, uh, quantitative, and nonverbal spatial skills. Um, so every everyone took the same test. Everyone went through the same study. And basically, there was no link found, which, I mean, we all could have told you. But having it in writing backed up by science, that's a big thing, um, you know, so now when parents say, oh, those video games are going to rot your brain, say, actually, psychologists said no, that there's no link. Here's the study. Shut up. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, so basically they the one thing that they were cautioning about is that more time uh, spending games without doing other productive activities would cause uh, what they're calling cognitive displacement. Hmm. But, you know, but for students who have, you know, who spend a reasonable time playing their games and they also do their homework and do other stuff, you know, that's fine. They just say the thing to watch out for is obsessive behavior hmm. because then that's a sign of addictive personalities and and that um and Bonds 006, you uh, apparently didn't miss or didn't hear me just say the same things. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I basically did just say too much would, you know, would be causing well, a, a negative effect, especially to the exclusion of other things. Too much of anything um, is going to do that, right? So Exactly, exactly. You know, you could have a kid that's into... The Bible. Model cars and does nothing but model cars, right? Mm. And, you know, that's going to be just as detrimental as spending, you know, five plus hours a day playing a game instead of doing their homework or socializing, you know. So it's all going to be, um, you know, it's still going to be up to a responsible parent to limit what their their kids are are doing and this is me as as a you know a gamer now for me i could play games all night at my house and then do my homework before school that day you know so it's all also a matter of you know how how the kids brains are wired you know how you know, their learning styles. I mean, it's not going that deep into it. It's just doing basic cognition, but there was no link found. <clears throat> All right. Well, no, no, no more of this. Uh, you, you, we have science to back up the facts that video games do not rot your brain. Uh, but of course, you know, and there's so many people out there that continue to deny science anyway. I'm sure this will go nowhere. Well, one other thing, too, is that they even tested games that were described as helping children build cognitive skills, mm. and they still presented no measurable effects. Mm. So basically, 
I mean, it didn't say anything about, you know, games for therapy, um, but mm. but yeah, the brain building games, at least for kids, also have no effect. So Nintendo brain training is not the miracle tool it's uh, I don't think that that's, to be. I don't think that that's marketed to kids. That's true. No, it isn't. It isn't. Yeah. Only gullible <laughs> adults. All right. <laughs> um, Questbuster in chat says, one thing I've noticed is that some of the streamers I've been watching that do long sessions have adopted standing desks just for their own health. Yeah, you kind of yeah. have to do that. Well, you know, I mean, we, have, we have that at my work. Now with more and more streamers like kind of running ads because Twitch really encourages you to do like the, what is it? Three minutes an hour or whatever it is. Like, I think there's a lot to be said instead of letting the ads intentionally interrupt you or like uh, accidentally or whatever, like just air whenever they're going to air, take an intentional three minute break every hour. Yeah. Take to like, I'm going to do a bio. I'm going to, you know, just walk around the house real quick, just get up and stretch. And I encourage all of my viewers to do the same. And we'll be right back at the top of the hour or something like that. Technically every 30 minutes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's when my timer runs up. Right. And like, if I'm starting like a match, I might do like a 30 second ad so that no one gets an ad during the middle of my match. Mm -hmm. But for me, Especially given that, you know, I have myalgic encephalomyelitis, you know, I have to take those breaks. And so for me, having, I mean, I hate the ads. Don't get me wrong. I hate them. I've tried to point out because I'm also doing like the Twitch research thing that I've left feedback that you have a significant drop in viewership every time an ad comes on, Mm -hmm. which basically means no one's actually watching the ads anyway. Right. But um, but back to what I was saying is that I use that countdown as my benchmark to get up every 30 minutes yeah. and at least move around, whether it's, you know, walking to go to the bathroom or getting myself a drink or, you know, harassing Midna, you know, bringing her in to put her on cat cam, you know, well, it's still I, I, I've been actually even leaving that advice to other streamer friends of mine. Use that as your personal break reset yourself i heard a really good tip at work that kind of stuck with me it was really because you know we love those little catchy sayings and it was the 20 20 20 rule and that's every 20 minutes take a 20 second break to look 20 feet away and i thought that was a interesting little uh yeah way to, at least for your eyes I'm, around at my at my yeah. office too um in fact our our ergo team is pretty pretty big on it but of course you know if you're elbow deep in, in fixing stuff right it's a little different all right, uh, let's move on to our next story and uh, talk about some of those uh, games that you can uh, keep your keep your cognitive abilities up with uh, in the future, right, Loki? Well, maybe not that, but you know, I guess they Nintendo wants you to know that we're still developing games for the Switch. I mean, I kind of thought that was a given since well, you know, we don't have. This is conveniently yeah. timed with the news about Nintendo's not doing anything for the holidays. I think that's what this boils down to. Uh, we'll see about that. Like, I don't know, but yeah, basically saying that they are still um, developing stuff for the Switch. It says that you know uh, that the Switch is coming up on its seventh year of sales in March, and um, they said that this is uncharted territory in the history of our dedicated video game platforms. Under these circumstances, it's hard to imagine that hardware sales will continue to grow at the same pace they have to date. However, there are titles under development for Nintendo Switch and new titles that will continue to be proposed going forward. We are seeing 
both new demand and multiple system demand for hardware. So we think that there is still room for growth in sales. To that end, we want to maintain a high level of engagement with the hardware and create new demand by not or not only by releasing new titles, but also by working to further convey the appeal of existing titles. In other words, drip feeding the stuff that they have in development, I guess. Well, and keeping Mario Kart 8 fresh the way they are with all of these, you know, now it's, there is new tracks. You know, I think when they originally announced this, it was supposed to not be completely brand new tracks. Well, it seems like each piece of DLC has had at least one new track and now a new character. That was not something they talked about in the beginning. But apparently, if you go read deep in the press release, this is not the old. They are planning on doing other new characters too. This is not just going to be Birdo. There will be at least one more uh, in the upcoming packs. So, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, of course, Nintendo's still developing. They're not, they're never going to clue on that they're like, you know, developing for a new system or whatever. And even then, you would, you would hope, you'd hope, although I feel like this isn't the case more than it is these days, but you would hope the new system will be backwards compatible with the current Switch titles. At least the digital ones, if not the hardware, but we'll see. Uh, Anyhow, speaking of the Nintendo Switch and uh, some of the big news going on on that front, obviously we kind of brushed this topic a little bit earlier in the show when we talked about the new Zelda game, but Nintendo did unveil the officially that the new Zelda game uh, will have a $70 price tag. Um, however, that has caused the question to be asked, does this mean all Nintendo games moving forward are going to be $70? So Game Informer actually went to go ask Nintendo and reached out to Nintendo and Nintendo provided the following response. Uh, we determined the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case by case basis. And then asked if this is going to be the trend going forward. We determined the suggested retail price for any Nintendo product on a case by case basis. And the headline with this article is that this is not going to be the trend moving forward. I actually think this is the opposite. It is. This is absolutely, like, even though this is the headline people are writing about this, those quotes lead me to say, oh no, if Nintendo's determining it on a case-by-case basis, that means, nope, your Zeldas, your Marios, the things they know are going to move units, the next Animal Crossing game absolutely will be $70. The things that will not be $70 pikmin 4 things that are a little more unproven which is weird to say that about a franchise like pikmin but i feel like if they tried to charge 70 for pikmin they would really pay for it uh and something has mass appeal i mean it has like appeal but it's not like you know mm-hmm. a must 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 have game right uh mike def says i wonder if the long development on on uh <clears throat> tears of the kingdom is what makes it 70 dollars us well, I mean, we know that the developers are getting pay raises, but I think this is where everybody feels burned is that we were to some extent, not everybody, but we were willing to write off the $70 because the cost of developing games, especially for 4K and the newer hardware is getting more expensive. It was always an excuse. It was always an excuse. But like now, I knew. Yeah. To see Nintendo do it is like, but you don't have the hardware to justify that same thing. And, 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 like, in certain circumstances, like, say, like, they were going to charge $70 for a Pokemon game, do you think that last Pokemon game is worth $70? Do you think that really was, like, a a title that was polished to the point of a $70 game? Because, like, like I said, when I see a $70 price point, I expect that game to be perfect. Like, perfect. Yeah. I expect it to be as polished as polished can be. It should be a standout example of 
what a game on that platform should aspire to. Yeah. And if it's nothing less than that, it does not deserve $70. And don't get me wrong, Tears of the Kingdom, sure, it's going to be a fantastic game. Is that going to be the same for every other Nintendo game that's put out there? I don't know. Like, I just feel that if you're going to raise the price and you're going to make all the excuses, well, it's inflation, it's this and that. Okay, well, I'm sorry, but like, you know, you can't just keep shilling out the same unfinished stuff for $70. And I'm not saying Nintendo's doing that, but you know, some of their game franchises that may not necessarily be Nintendo directly, but it is definitely associated with Nintendo. They ain't looking so hot recently. Going to chat, uh, there's several people that are bringing up the vouchers. So let's talk about that for a minute because it is a little bit of a game changer with this specific title. So E3VL in chat says they're pushing digital with their voucher promo. And SSGO100 Matt says, considering Nintendo never discounts their own games, the digital voucher is really nice deal if things are going to be $70. So yeah, let's talk about the vouchers for a minute. So if you weren't already aware, I think most of you are, but just to recap, Nintendo is currently selling. I think you have to be a Switch Online member to get it. So there's that too uh but if you're a switch online member you can get a 100 you buy it for 100 and it's good for two games so essentially uh, on the list because i don't think all third-party games are on the list but most you know the first party stuff generally is and there was a big question when this was announced will zelda tears of the kingdom be on the list and it turns out yes it is so there is a way you can get this game for 50 dollars. however you have to commit to buying another game for $50. The voucher is good for a year. The only problem I have with the voucher is I don't know what other game to get with it because I already bought things like Pokemon Scarlet and things that, you know, are on, like a lot of them are titles that already exist. I don't know if Nintendo's announced anything else on the voucher that I would want to use this on. So I'm kind of hoping that there's a holiday release or something else I can use the voucher later on that will justify the $50. You know what I mean? So yes, the voucher is a good way to quote unquote save money because you know, you'd be paying 50. So you get, you'd save $20 on Zelda and then $10 on some other title. But then also, yes, you, you need to remember too, you'd be owning the games digitally, which means after you've spent a hundred hours on Zelda, you can't sell it used. That won't be possible. Although, to be fair, when it comes to Zelda, I don't think a lot of people sell that one back. I mean, some people do, of course. There, there's always going to be the people that need money and get in hard times and so well, forth. It, it most fans too, ain't like, going to sell it ever. Like, let's look at it this way. It depends, because let's say, for example, that you buy Tears of the Kingdom and, say, another game later in the year, and then they announce, oh, hey, Switch 2 is coming out in 2024, and it's going to have Tears of the Kingdom in it again. And so you're going to upgrade because you want that brand new Switch, but you still love Zelda, so you're going to buy it again. You can't sell the old one because it's stuck on your your system digitally. Some people have no problem paying you know twice for a game, but like I think that that's a very I realistic scenario. I don't think Nintendo will fuck people that hard. I actually I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I don't mm. think they're going to fuck people that hard, but I I Loki, I will meet you halfway. What I do think they will do is they will borrow something I think is being done on the PlayStation front, and there will be like a $10 upgrade pass to allow your I digital license to move to that all system. talks to each other. Because remember, Nintendo is operating in the internet of 10 years ago. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Well, and that... It also depends on how grossly different the technology is, because, I mean, look at how different the Wii U was versus sure. the Switch. And sure. I had. 
Breath of the Wild on both of them. Of course, I won my Switch and my Breath of the Wild, but still, that's besides the point. Yeah, fair enough. That we're assuming the technology will be similar just because the Switch is sold a lot. Well, the Wii sold a lot, and they still mixed up the technology. Of course, Nintendo paid a price for that. Uh, so maybe this time, they, maybe we're thinking that next time they don't make the same mistake. But we don't, we don't know what they could be doing. So we, we, we won't know until they unveil it. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Yeah, um, uh, SG100 Matt follows up. The problem I have, Nintendo is not great with game preservation. You can get the game now, but how about when they shut down the store space and you can't download the game again? At least with physical, you got something in hand. Digital, who knows if you'll own it forever. Well, that's that's really a risk on any storefront right now, for sure. Everyone knows will just take it down and never put it back up again. It's where a lot of things are going. Mario 100 or whatever that was. It's also why I like Game Pass, because I... I I feel like by paying the monthly fee to access it, I'm not having that same investment. I don't know. I, maybe I just wish Nintendo would have a Game Pass type system. But then I say that, and then I feel like when they do it, I'll hate it. Because they do have Game Pass. It's called Nintendo Online Expansion well, Pass. You get a Game Pass to Nintendo games and Sega games and, and Game Boy games. Perfect example, because this is what everybody wanted Nintendo to do, was to do the Netflix style of thing for their old catalog. They're doing it, and now we're all like, this is not good, because there's... They're drip feeding. There's too many gaps right. in the system. Et they, cetera, wanted so, yeah. to, they wanted to do it when the catalog was vast and there was all like a huge library of virtual console games. And they're like, $10 per game is too much. Yeah. You know, can we please like do like a Netflix well, style thing? And they're N- like, yeah, N- you can do that, but we're only going to give you five of those games. Nintendo is doing a fully immersed Netflix model by canceling all of the games that people enjoy. <laughs> And removing them from the service. That the, Nintendo's just doing the fully immersed Netflix model. It's fine. You can just go and collect <laughs> the original heart. Oh, wait. Yeah. Speculation <laughs> bubbles and all that stuff. Oh, well, that sucks. Mm. Guess you're just screwed all. I guess there's no other way to play games nowadays in the modern era. It's not like we can just download them and play them on our computers or anything. Oh, mm. well, I guess we'll just have to make do with not doing any of that. Well, let's talk about an extremely cost-effective solution. Dark Sakura, what do you have for us? Well, um, you know, uh, there's a classic uh, series that Konami is is kind of known for that we don't really get to see much of outside of, of Japan. Um, and that's the Jiko Powerful Pro Yaku uh, series. It started off on Super Famicom back in 1994. It's a you know cute little chibi baseball game. I've played a few of them. They're 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 cute. They're some of the ones I actually like. And Konami is, I guess, trying to make it available for everybody. You know, in Japan, outside Japan, you name it. So on Nintendo's website, the game's a dollar. It's actually also for PS4, also a dollar. Hmm. So, and it's 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 a full game. I mean, I always thought that they were the cutest little series that had sort of this like pseudo 3D-ish thing back in 94. Um They look like pop dolls playing baseball. It, uh, they're cuter. Um but I mean, but like their first time they tried to bring it out was MLB Power Pros um uh on the Wii and PS2. It added basically like a, a major league baseball license on it, um, and it was cute. There was a a a follow up the next year, but it didn't really stick. So they're actually bringing it out as WBSCE Baseball Power Pros hmm. over here in the U.S. And I mean, they're they're fun if you like baseball games. I mean, it's a buck. I I had the points for it. I paid Nintendo points. Yeah, 
and got oh, it. And they're solid little fun games. Yeah. All right. And good. they're really popular in Japan. Yeah, they are. Uh, Mike yeah. Depton chat says, for a dollar, you can't go wrong. So, well, I mean, there are there are bad ways to spend a dollar. Let's be clear. But it doesn't sound like this is one of them. <laughs> so it's good. It's it's worth it. Honestly, it's worth it. It's worth the, I mean, I not like I said, I used points. Yeah. At, that I had left over after buying Radiant Silver Garden and a few other things. Smart way to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. Just a couple more stories and we will get to our classic segment tonight. So let's do Loki story. Yes, this is kind of interesting. So Team Fortress 2 is going to be getting an update soon. So they apparently have updated their very not updated website for the game that um, basically put out a blog post saying that, hey, can you believe it? It's a blog post and that they have an unnamed update or a full on. Well, let me put it in their exact words. They're planning on shipping a full-on update-sized update with items, maps, taunts, unusual effects, uh, war paint, and who knows what else. But they are seeking people's uh, Steam Workshop content to, I guess, populate this update, or at least to go along are with it. Are they paying them? I don't think so. It doesn't mention anything. Maybe they are. I don't know what the deal is. They're just saying, make Steam Workshop content. Uh, and then they're going to be uh, taking submissions until, I think, what was it, May 1st? Yeah, May 1st, to be considered for that unnamed, unthemed, still very exciting, summer-situated uh, update. I mean, it's cool, but yeah, the the I don't know what, you know, payments they're talking about. Well, so. Steam Workshop, generally mods that are good, uh, generally. Uh, let's talk about some mods that are bad. And I think I touched on this a little bit last week, but we kind of had an update on this story. So Final Fantasy XIV had a mod uh, that were that folks were using. It was something called G-Shade. Uh, I don't use it. I, You know I play a shit ton of Final Fantasy XIV. I don't use mods. And that's not just me putting on a front for the show. Like, I would, I would make a tongue-in-cheek joke or something if I did. I can say I use mods with World of Warcraft, which, you know, is a different environment. Um, you know, I was almost unplayable without mods. Yeah, for for serious, for serious. Um, and even though I, I finally let the WoW subscription lapse and I'm back on Final Fantasy 14, I don't use mods with 14. I think the inter- interface is plenty customizable. There's a lot you can do with it. Yeah, I never did. Um, but G-Shade uh, allowed you to alter aesthetics without altering gameplay. So I think it was just uh, allowing the graphics to really pop that much more and so forth. So um, folks were using this. However, some leaked Discord messages from the developer of G-Shade, Marat Satil, revealed that malware was deliberately put in the mod code. It could force your computer to shut down if the files were accessed by a third-party application. Supposedly, this was all to teach a lesson about mod use. Mods have been hotly contested in the Final Fantasy XIV community. Uh, you know, there was a, a different one. It wasn't for graphics, but it was like, a, I think it allowed you to see, it allowed your distance to be greater. You could see more of the battlefield and stuff. I think that's what it was. And some raiders had used this and they got a world first clear. And now Kiyoshida came in and said, the fuck you are getting that clear and strip them of the titles because they used a game enhancing mod to do it. Basically the equivalent of taking somebody's Olympic medal because they use performance enhancing drugs. It's basically what they did. And Naoki Yoshida warded a very strong letter um, to those folks. 
So, you know, he's probably, I mean, on one hand, he's probably frustrated that, you know, this, this is going along with his game when it's a mod he had nothing to do with. But on the other hand, he's probably sitting up there going, I fucking told you not to use mods Look, that you have no one to blame, but yourself, you have no one to blame, but yourself <laughs> up there. I'm just assuming OCP is just like dad or something. I don't know. But anyway, uh, the lesson that was trying to be taught uh, by the developer, this was meant to be a lesson to you specifically about taking this approach to the problem. Anything could have been in the payload and you'd have been responsible for distributing it to people and triggering it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, apparently the developer Still. is getting an ass whooping for this, uh, metaphorically. Uh, he's been banned from a big Final Fantasy XIV Discord. A statement on the game's subreddit has called out G-Shade. I guess the Reddit was actually kind of endorsing it, and that makes them look a little silly. Oops, I use the Reddit quite often, not for mod tools, but they have a great Island Sanctuary guide for people that um, get into that mode, which I am one of them. So anyway, uh, GitHub investigated and G-Shade has been removed from the hosting service uh, in a tweet that was written by Cab's Corner. So the G-Shade stuff has a new development. G-Shade is fucking dead. The GitHub is gone following a GitHub investigation, which means that all current unmodified installs of G-Shade are bricked i like that we need more news reported like that you know th this mod is fucking dead <laughs> all right well something that is not dead and lives on and on and on is something that is going to be featured in our next segment so let's get to the bumper Now it's time to travel back to a simpler time, where I'll dive into the vault and pull out a classic and tell you about it. It's time for the classic game of the week. But in a twist, uh, Dark Sakura once a month uh, likes to pick, I believe this year's twist is called the non-game game. So we're going to pick something a little uh, bit the non different. The non-classic game of the, the non-video game classic game. That's right. So what did you pick tonight for the, uh, the game that isn't a video game? Jenga. <laughs> um. And and the video I have is actually from like one of the Django World Championships. I can't believe yeah, World Championship. World Championship. That's great. Of course there is. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, Jenga uh first came out in 1983, so 40 years ago, and it's a game you can play solo or with a crowd. You know, it comes in all sizes and colors and themes and stuff um but it is a game of physical skill that was created by a british board game designer and author leslie scott it was marketed by hasbro and basically the players take turns moving one block at a time from a tower made of 54 blocks each block is then removed and placed on top of the tower and so the structure gets more and more unstable. <clears throat> um, so to go a little bit about Les Leslie Scott, first of all, which I just think is fascinating, is she was born in uh, Tanzania, educated in Uganda, Kenya, Sierra Leone, Ghana, and then in England, in uh, Taunton. 
Um, but she is the one who uh, invented Jenga, which was launched at the London Toy Fair in 1983. She founded Oxford Games Limited in 91 and is a senior associate of Pembroke College, Oxford, and a founding trustee of the Smithsonian UK Charitable Trust. So uh, she also won the 2010 Wonder Women of Toys uh, Inventor Designer Award and the 2012 Taggy Award for Excellence in Game Design. So, you know, just going back, this is a game created by a woman. Hmm. <clears throat> anyway, sorry about the, the hacking. Each of the blocks is three times as long as it's wide um, and one-fifth as thick as its length. So it's 1.5 centimeters by 2.5 centimeters by 7.5 centimeters. Um, <clears throat> they have little variations from the dimensions to make the, uh, some imperfections to add to the challenge of the game. So, yes, if someone accuses a block of being, like, a particular size or having a favorite block, they're not, they're not hallucinating. So, to start, each of the blocks are stacked into a solid rectangular tower of 18 layers, three blocks per layer. Each uh, turned, uh, each layer is oriented uh, either based on your perspective vertically or horizontally. You know, well, they're laid horizontally, but they're alternating directions. Um, so starting with the one who built the tower, the players will take turns removing a block from any level below the highest and place it on top of the tower, uh, perpendicular to any blocks on the previous layer. So um, once a, a level contains three blocks, it's uh, complete and can't have anything else added to it. But you can remove, of course, things from the, the lower layers as long as it's not the top layer. And the turn ends when the next player in sequence uh, touches the tower or when 10 seconds have elapsed since the placement of a block, whatever occurs first. Of course, we're usually just like, okay, you're next. Okay, you're next. Okay, you're next. The game ends when any portion of the tower collapses. So either caused by the removal of a block or a new placement, the last player to complete a turn before the collapse is the winner. Okay. So basically, um, the the game uh, that Leslie created, um, it's based on a game that evolved within her family since the 70s that used children's building blocks. Um the family um, had purchased uh, these blocks from a sawmill in Ghana, and the name Jenga comes from a Swahili word, uh, kujenga, which means to build. Um, and so uh, she she herself was raised speaking English and Swahili um, before moving to, to Ghana. And so she trademarked the name Jenga at the London Toy Fair, January 1983. And then sold it through her own company, Leslie Scott Associates. Um, the first sets were manufactured uh, by the Campbell Villa uh, Village Trust in Boughton, Yorkshire. And um, one of those originals is uh, on display at the V&A Museum of Childhood. Um, <clears throat> so at any rate, um, Robert Grebler in 1984, an entrepreneur from California... Um, who was close to uh, Leslie Scott's brother, asked uh, about interest in importing and distributing in Canada. And so it 
basically got the rights uh, to sell Jenga in the U.S. and Canada. And then in October of uh, 95, Jenga was uh, basically started uh, production through the uh, Poconobe Associates. I had to look at that name again. Um, and so eventually, though, it ended up in Hasbro's hands uh, in 1987. Um, as of uh, 2019, according to Poconobe Associations, the ones who own the brand, over 80 million Jenga games uh, have been sold. That's equivalent to more than 4.3 billion Jenga blocks. Um, and on November 5th, which is my mom's birthday, 2020, Jenga was inducted into the National Toy Hall of Fame. So let's get into some records. <clears throat> um, the uh, the uh, packaging on one uh, edition of Jenga said that Robert Grebler may have built the tallest Jenga tower at 40 and two-thirds levels in 1985, playing with an original set by Leslie Scott. Um, so there are other uh, variants. There's the throw-and-go Jenga, which has different colors and a six-sided die. Um, there's Jenga Truth or Dare. Ooh. Um, there is Jenga Extreme that uses parallelogram blocks. Uh, Casino Jenga, which is uh, a Las Vegas edition with roulette-style gameplay. Um, and then there's, you know, the collector's ones like, you know, for various sports ball teams, Hello Kitty, Transformers, Nightmare Before Christmas, Donkey Kong, all kinds of different ones. Um, and then there are two other versions. One is Jenga XXL, which is uh, big, um, and Jenga Giant. Um, so... There's different variations of them. Jenga XXL starts at four feet high and can reach over eight feet. Um, it uses the same rules, but you can use, you know, two, you have to use two hands to move the 18 inch long blocks. Um, and then Jenga Giant can start off with five feet or more. And I mean, and we've even played uh, them at uh, Coin Op. I was going to say Coin Op had one of those. Or do they still have it? I haven't been a coin op since before the pandemic. Uh, um, and they've got a different director for the arcade now. Um, but there is now um, a Jenga pass challenge that has a handheld platform that the game is played on where the players remove a block while holding the platform and then pass the platform to the next player. It only uses half the number of blocks. Um, but... I'm sure you can see how that would be fairly challenging. Mm -hmm. In in modern culture, there is also a building nicknamed the Jenga Building, and this is uh, at 56 Leonard Street um, in Manhattan, and it does look very Jenga-like on top. And so, that's it. That's the game. All right. There it is, your classic game of the week. Non-game, excuse me, non-video game game. Non-video game, yeah. 
non-video game game of the week, uh, Jenga. And some folks in chat are asking about Jenga Tetris. So yeah, I mean, I guess there was the uh, form of it. And uh, I just found a listing here on eBay real quick so you can kind of see what it looks like. But it looks like they just kind of make the blocks a little more out of like the Tetris uh, type of pieces. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. So. All right. And yeah, several people in chat talking about the giant Jenga. I'm sure Coinot probably isn't the only bar uh, that has one of these because I've seen them at several places. So uh, yeah, Pod Culture says drunk Jenga is a trip. That's why I think you see it a lot of times at a bar. Uh, I can't see says you haven't lived until you've played giant Jenga. So great pick. That's definitely one that and and it even has like a video game crossover technically with the Tetris version. So uh, yeah, great great uh, game that I think we've all played at one point or another. So. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Let's quickly check out some other headlines in a segment we call Rapid Fire News. Loki. Yes. So if you don't want to purchase uh, the latest in Wonder Butter franchise games that may have questionable people behind them, Mm -hmm. uh, there are alternative wizarding game collections that you can purchase instead. One of those being the uh, Trans Witch Game Bundle, which is available through Itch.io. Um, they have lots of different games in there. 69 games, to be exact. Nice. And it's it's available for uh, $60. And if you can't purchase that one, there's an alternative bundle for $10. And they've apparently raised nearly $5,000 um as of right now and Actually, they're, available... up to, they're up to 74k as we're taping live oh, on sunday night 74k oh that's really good yeah their goal uh, is 96k but there's still 12 days to go so nice and they'll be it's going to be available until february 24th so you still got some time nice so that's pretty sweet um then we got a little bit of a look at what's coming to game pass in february or i guess the rest of february um so we've got looks like atomic heart which looks pretty awesome i actually want to play that um mountain blade 2 banner lord uh sd gundam uh battle alliance and then we've got city skylines remastered shadow warrior 3 definitive edition and madden nfl 23 which actually already came out earlier uh this week or last week uh just in time for the super bowl um yeah, pretty cool. I really want to check out actually Atomic Heart. And then uh games leaving the service as well. Uh Besiege, eh, it's all right. Uh Crossfire X, uh Infernax, Recompile, Skull Last or Skull the Hero Slayer, and The Last Kids on Earth. Okay. Uh one other article for this segment uh talks about a uh rating that has just come out in Korea for Sonic Origins Plus. Sonic Origins, of course, was released on the Switch in June of 2022. It was the original Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD in a new remastered form. Uh, It had new areas to explore and a new anniversary mode. Uh, It seems like there could be an expansion coming now. Maybe they're going to add new games to it. Who knows? Maybe they'll put in, like, spinoffs like Sonic Spinball. I don't know. That is all speculation, but... Sega did this once before with Sonic Mania. About a year after Sonic Mania came out, Sonic Mania Plus came out, and that had new characters. Mighty the Armadillo, Ray the Flying Squirrel, and an encore mode that remixed the levels and had a different live uh, lives mechanic, uh, as well as a four-player competition mode. So seems pretty uh, likely that Sonic Origins is headed down the same route, but we will wait for an official announcement until we speculate much more on that. 
All right, but uh, something we don't have to speculate on is what is hitting store shelves this week. So let's travel around the world and check out some release dates. So Loki, we'll start with you in the U.S. Uh, we have Blanc, uh, which is on PC and Nintendo Switch. Journey to the Savage Planet on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series. Labyrinth of the Gallery, or Galleria, and let's see, The Moon Society. That's going to be on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and PlayStation 5. Outzone on PC, Mac, and Linux. We have Souls of Cronus on PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 5. Spy Brothers PP and BB's DX on PC and Nintendo Switch. Tomb Raider Reloaded on iOS and Android. Truxton on PC, Mac, and Linux. Twin Cobra on PC, Mac, and Linux. Truxton. Uh, Wanted Dead on PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series. Zero Wing coming out on PC, Mac, and Linux. Uh, We have Returnal on PC. Dust and Neon on PC and Nintendo Switch. Theatrhythm Final Bar Line on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4. And Rooftop Renegades on PC, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. The Settlers New Allies on PC. Tales of Symphonia Remastered on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. And last but not least, Wild Hearts on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series. All right. Going to Japan and checking out the releases over there. Uh, A lot of overlap. One thing. Mm, What's that? Toa plan is fun to say. (laughs) All right. Heading over to Japan and checking out the releases there. It's pretty similar. A lot of the same stuff that's being released in the U.S. We have some worldwide releases. But to recap, on the Nintendo Switch in Japan this week, the Tales of Symphonia remaster does come out in a multi-language edition in Japan this week on the Switch. Theatrhythm Final Bar Line, of course, also in Japan this week. And it should be mentioned that that is also available in multiple languages. Uh, And then the Chemco RPG Selection Volume 2 is also coming out in Japan this week on the Switch. Uh, That has, if you're wondering, As Divine Hearts 2, Revenant Dogma, Fern's Gate, and Alvastia Chronicles. These are all like very, I don't know if any of these ever came out in the US, but uh, they're available uh, in this selection here for Japan. Uh, That is pretty much it for the Switch. Let me peek at the PlayStation 5. And we have uh, In Sound Mind releases on the PlayStation 5 this week. Um, But not Wanted Dead. That game is not getting a Japanese release, at least not yet. Uh, But Wild Hearts is. So that is something you can look forward to in Japan this week on the 17th. Um, Dark Soccer, if you're good, we'll go to UK uh, release dates. There's only a few. Cool. So on the 14th uh, for PlayStation and Xbox, there's Wanted Dead. On the 16th, for PlayStation and Switch, we have Theaterism, Final Bar Line. And then the rest are on the 17th. Um, For PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, we have Tales of Symphonia and Gigantosaurus Dino Kart. And then just for PlayStation and Xbox, we have Wild Hearts. Now, what's funner to say? Toa Plan or Gigantus Dinosaur? (laughs) Gigantosaurus. <laughs> Gigantosaurus. Dinosaurus. I'm going to go with Toa Plan. Just because it's like a series of sounds that you don't often say in. Fair enough. In 
daily usage. But Gigantosaurus and, is a close second, I would say. And, you know, people add Saurus to all kinds of things when they're talking about making something big or violent. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have just a few more stories for oh. you. Oh. oh, I do have one other thing oh. for the record. Um, another layer to the game that shall not be mentioned is that Greg Ellis was a voice in it. Who? Who, uh, well, okay, so he was Cullen in the Dragon Age games. Uh-huh. He also went on a big in-character rant, uh, anti-trans rant. Oh. And he is pro-dumpster. Uh, mm-hmm. And she thanked him directly. Anyway. Let's... Yeah, I just thought I would throw that in. If you want another reason not to play, just throwing that out there. He did 12 characters in it. Let's move on to talk about some other stories of what's going on in gaming this week. Uh, and then we'll get to your calls, et cetera, and that sort of thing. If you would like over at our discord, vognetworkcom slash discord. So Loki, let me go to you with the next story. Hi, you thought we were done talking about Activision Blizzard and the acquisition of, uh, or Microsoft's acquisition of their company. Fooled oh, you. no, no. Fooled you. Fooled you. We still have more to talk about, including how Sony is saying that Microsoft is harassing them in court. Um, the long and short of it Dad, is basically... my brother was hitting me. <laughs> the, the, basically, I don't even want to go through the fluff in this article anyways. It comes down to that... Microsoft is requesting documentation from their internal documents, their subpoena and that stuff, but they're subpoenaing a lot of things. They said, um, including, uh, you know, was it, they require, uh, they said specific showing of relevance regarding the production of personal file or personnel files. So they were subpoenaing the uh, performance reviews and like some other stuff uh. that didn't seem to be within scope of, you know, this whole acquisition thing, but, and so because of that, they're saying it's harassing, harassing them or something. Wah. <sighs> that, I, I, that, that's pretty much, yeah, that, that's how I'd sum up the I, whole thing. I thought it was going to go somewhere like, oh, Microsoft's trying to subpoena like the games that Sony is currently making and their upcoming release calendar to spill that all in the court. I mean, that, that would, would be probably funny. Be... That would be funny. Not, well, not really actually funny if you work in the industry, but to the rest of us, really funny. <laughs> so that, that that maybe Sony would have a leg to stand on if Microsoft was trying to subpoena that sort of thing, which I would think would be a part of this if they're going that far. To that would make that would files. be more relevant than necessarily, you know, right? You know, it is relevant, thing. right? I need to know what Bob got on his performance review um, in order to, you know, combat this acquisition. I don't even know. I'm just so sick of this. It's just, just will they? Won't they? Like, yeah. just I'm tired at this point. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe we should just not talk about it anymore. Should we just like bar talking about this, or we'd have know? literally nothing left to talk about in the, weeks of the show? So th- this one, I think, Fine. has to stay. This one has to stay. It could have. It could also like trickle down and impact the industry because we, we, you know, we're all watching for when this does get blocked, and then Sony buys Activision Blizzard. <laughs> Yes, we know that that's happening. We have to. We we cannot. Blo- we can't block the story, or else we never get to deliver the punchline. Because <laughs> yes, exactly. Because then, because and that's what's going to be funny. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh well, you know, these issues for with Microsoft. Now it's not an issue for Sony to do it. And uh, I just don't care anymore. I really don't. Well, you can go to the next story then if you want to talk about something else. 
Yes, let's talk about something that you don't need. I'm going to tell you that from personal <laughs> experience. It's a brand new game, not really, called Hot Wheels Rift Rally. It's a, a mixed reality game from Velen Studios. You may recognize them from your other device that you bought that you thought you were going to use because it seemed really innovative at the time. It's uh, Mario Kart Live Home the Circuit. Few- Remember that game? Yes. No one plays it anymore. Ours is in a box. Um, it is basically the AR Mario Kart thing that you, you had a little remote control car with a camera on it, and you set up different like checkpoints in your house, and you drive your car through your house, and it makes a track based off that in-game. So it's like that, but strip out all the Mario Kart stuff, and then that's what the Hot Wheels game is. It has Hot Wheels stuff in it now. Yeah, it's, but, it's no. literally a port of the Mario Kart thing for PlayStation. Yes, it's for PlayStation and iOS. Yes, yeah. and and along with that, I think they raised the price. I don't know. It's one hundred and thirty dollars for the standard edition, and then um, one hundred and fifty dollars for collector's edition, which also throws in a special Hot Wheels diecast toy car. Won't anybody think of that cat in the trailer? That poor cat that's being assaulted by these cars that keep going by. Won't anybody think of the cat? Well, you just have to understand. Number one, like. It sounds great on paper. Like, yes, this is a cool idea, racing through my house. It's so awesome and wonderful, except it's Bluetooth, and Bluetooth has its limitations. So it's not racing through your house. It's racing through the same room that you're in. And it's not really racing. It's setting up some checkpoints in a very small area in your room because... You know, the the cars can't go too far away from your home console. Um, it, it really is. It's really boring is really what it comes down to. It's it's not a good game. It's. It's just it's something that sounds cool on paper. You play it twice and then you're just like, I'm done. And you put it away and then you've dropped you've wasted that money you know yeah it's um, it's that thing that like your friend comes over and you're like hey i gotta show you this really cool thing let's look at the thing and then you set it up and you do the whole thing and then never it's like yeah. oh cool cool like we saw the thing all right that was awesome all right let's go smoke weed like that's it's like and then it gives back in the box that's it and, and considering too like if you want to race your friends or something like that you're gonna have to buy multiples of these so like it's just it, it's not it's Cash not grab. worth it it's not worth it. Let me tell you from experience, don't you don't need it. It, it is it is garbage. <laughs> if they, if they had a way to like increase the range on those things, like if I could go like 100 feet away, yeah, that might be pretty cool. Take it down to the park. Oh, that's right, it doesn't work outside. Um <laughs> Okay, well, if if somehow I could do it in like say a gymnasium or something like that, might be pretty cool yeah but that's like a very select scenario there you know what we actually have rc cars and we can play with them outside and get into a lot more trouble than with the game and a a kit to buy with it oh yeah those are a lot more exciting and i don't think they're you know i haven't purchased an rc car in a while ours were pretty expensive but ours were also custom you know what i have a balloon and i can fly it anywhere i want (laughs) it's not over montana all right you know what rob what (laughs) that sigh Uh is the sound of my mood i'm gonna eat some jelly bellies now in protest 
All right. Well, while you eat jelly bellies, which is fine because I have another VR story. So maybe jelly bellies are a good thing to confide in in this time. Maybe maybe China's just testing out the battle bus. You know, maybe they see Fortnite like, you know what? Maybe that could work. Maybe we could float a bus with a balloon. And then here people are shooting them down. Like, just I don't know. It's sad. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Uh, we have another update this week that uh, the official PlayStation VR FAQ has actually been unveiled. Uh, and that is something that you can uh, check out on Sony's website because believe it or not, that Sony device is only what? Like it's on the 22nd. So that's like less than two weeks away. So I don't know how many of y'all are planning on getting one, but maybe you needed some of the latest details on what's going on. Uh, and unfortunately, the story I was trying to read was the wrong one, so I'm quickly trying to find it again here so I can bring it up. Um, which, yeah, Live this radio. is a little embarrassing. I know, right? Okay, I found it. Yay. All right, so again, it's a $550 device, uh, and uh, there will be 30 games to choose from, although some of them are rehashes. Uh, we have some of the explanations officially about why the original PSVR games don't work on PSVR 2. Sony explains it like this. PSVR 2 is designed to deliver a truly next-gen VR experience with advanced features such as haptic feedback, adaptive triggers, inside-out tracking, eye tracking, and more. Due to this new approach to playing games in PSVR 2, PSVR games are not compatible with PSVR 2, which, you know, I, I with all this it's crap... It's completely different yeah, is basically I, it. Yeah, yeah, which, with all the crap I've given the PSVR 2, uh, I, 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 that is a reasonable explanation. I get it. Um... Also, it talks about the space you're going to need. So you need a minimum play area of two square meters or six feet, seven inches by six feet, seven inches. So that's a little taller than a human uh, on either side. The standing and sitting modes require one square meter. So three feet, four inches on either side. But you have to be able to move your arms and the sense controllers around without knocking shit over, which might be a little bit less than um, the PlayStation VR one, because I think the VR one required more space because I had the camera to see it, too. Yeah. So that's nice, at least a reminder. There is no camera with this that doesn't work on that technology. But if you have a PS5 HD camera, you can film yourself while you are playing and you can broadcast that footage as well. The PS5 only supports one headset at a time, but friends and family in the room can see what you're doing on the TV, which I believe was the same thing. They can see everything. All of the things that you're doing. Also, kind of similar again to the first device, a cinematic mode that allows you to view non-VR content uh, while wearing the headset, which can be, which they, they illustrate could be useful if somebody else wants to use the TV to watch something else. It's almost like having a second TV in that way. Uh, but you will not be able to play 2D games or watch media in 4K. Cinematic mode is 1080p with HDR with a 120 hertz refresh. Why can't, why can't you play 2D games? Uh, the downside is you won't be playing 2D games. Oh, you can't play them in 4K. Oh, sorry. That's okay. what I was to say. Sorry about that. I, I butchered the sentence a little bit there. So you just I was like, I, 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 like, sorry, only 3D games. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Sprite based games. We just can't do that. Um, and also, once the VR2 is set up, you actually no longer need the TV, which is interesting. So you could take it with you, essentially, if you had a way to run it. Um, but that's kind of interesting. I don't know if you need that. I think it's just you don't need to display it on the TV in case no. you don't need people to but watch. You still need a PlayStation Five to run it. Found a generator. It. Yeah, I'll just use the little hand crank generator while I play some VR. Use the prop cycle bike to uh, generate some power. Absolutely. Right. 
All right. Well, I, I'd be curious to hear from those of you that do end up getting one of these. I don't know. Could you imagine VR prop cycle? Yes, I'd actually, I'd be into that for sure. It'd be fun. Hey, giving Peloton, that's that's for the Peloton meta crossover there. That's right. That's right. Well, believe Yeah, it or- but it needs to actually have like the steering thing <laughs> and the push thing. Believe it or not, that brings us to the end of the news that we had on deck for tonight. But we do want to open it up to the listener roundtable. So if you guys have any extra questions for us, by all means, you can ask in chat over at twitch.tv slash network. Uh, also, you can um, uh, send us a, a tweet over at OLR, although I must admit I forgot to check the Twitter, as I often do. But I'll go peek at that real quick just to see if the, anything came in there. You do have well, the opportunity. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, to quote Spaceballs about the inbox, we ain't found shit. That's right, because you can email us as well. Participate at orangeloungeradio.com is a great place to email us each week, although I notice it's been like two months since we've gotten an email. So... A real one, anyway. I don't know how much longer I'm going to keep advertising that if y'all aren't going to use it. How? How? Maybe I should ask this generally. I mean, and I, I don't. I don't want to bully people to send emails. I also realize less and less people are using emails for fun. You know, emails kind of make you think of work. I'm kind of curious. You know, if we were to evolve from emails, how would you like to interact with the show? You know, we're open to more ideas. Do you want to be able to send us like short video messages like TikTok or something? Like we could make one of those, I guess. And you can send us short videos. I'd be fine with that. Um, I just feel like people don't really want to make videos, but maybe I'd be surprised. I don't know. Uh, Or, you know, should I be focusing on the Twitter more often or should I have a dedicated discord thing? I, I do want to just kind of open it up generally. Like how do you want to interact with us? Because I, I can and email us the answer. <laughs> I can understand the emails are getting a little dated and that's, that's fine. So um, yeah, it's, it's uh, well, that's all the people who spam me the $64,000 question, I guess, uh, but not actual $64,000. Cause we don't have that kind of budget. Um, I will say this too. Jason wanted me to kind of give a shout out here. I'll say this again next week because I just think we have less of an audience tonight because of other things going on uh, in specifically America. Um, But uh, if you want to contribute a bump to the show. So this is only for the live folks was we do a little and I think I've mentioned this before, but I'll, I'll reiterate. We do a little you can't do that on television inspired parody intro with such and such will not be seen tonight so that we can bring you this special presentation so actually i will i will very specially play the one from tonight so you're going to hear the little vogue logo music and just so even those of you on the podcast can get an example of what one sounds like i'm going to actually go ahead and play one right here so you can hear it so here was tonight's bump Ooh. yeah for nintendo switch online will not be seen tonight nor ever so that we can bring you this special presentation okay so he embellished that one a little bit by saying or ever but that's fine a little embellishment is fine uh and i think the audio hiccuped i don't know why but it was ouya for nintendo switch online which you know obviously very good parody of the game boy and the game boy advance uh with a console we know will never see the light of day ever again so ironically had a lot of nintendo games emulated on it yeah yeah so um, SSJ100 Matt says, I sent a video. Oh, if you, um, my point was, if you want to do one of those, by all means, send them to us. Um, you can either email us a link, tweet us a link, 
or join our Discord. And uh, you can honestly just probably message me directly in Discord and I'll get it or just post it in the Orange, Orange Lounge Radio. Well, don't post it there because then you'll spoil it. Everybody will see it. So uh, if you need the VOG Network Discord, it's uh, vognetwork.com, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, maybe I'll make a thread within the Orange Lounge Radio. Even if you don't feel like recording one because not everybody's a video, if you just have an idea. I remember somebody submitted one a long time ago. Uh, I think it was Mirror Muse a long time ago before Dark Sakura and I hit this game full tilt boogie. She sent Dead by Daylight Savings Time. Funny, appropriate, because I believe it was that week of Daylight Savings Time. So great. Even if you don't have the video production capabilities, send us some funny puns and we'll turn some of our favorites into actual um, bump bumpers to be used here live. I think that's a lot of fun. I just got inspiration for another shirt just now. Oh, uh, yeah, Daylight Savings is coming up. Get on it. Um, oh, no, for Dead by Daylight. Hmm. Instead of hookers, just have it say campers. <laughs> Hello, campers, uh, with a uh, with Bubba and the chainsaw. Um, yeah. Bonds006 says, do you want to open that door? Video messages on the couch in sleepwear. I really don't give a fuck what you're wearing as long as you understand that I, I'm going to broadcast some of those. And it does. you do have to be meeting Twitch standards, so you can't send that kind of video. Don't We don't. We don't need that kind of. Don't send us that kind of video. We don't want that kind of video. Yeah, this isn't PlayStation. Jeez, I know this is this isn't um, the playroom on PlayStation 4's <laughs> live service. Okay, don't send us that. I, although, <laughs> yeah. But if you want to wear pajamas, I'm not going to judge you. Whatever. But I think a lot of people filming with your phone is really easy, so people do it. You know, so maybe that's maybe we need a short message phone submission service or something. I think it would be fun to see more listeners, and a lot of people are pretty willing to shoot selfies of video. I don't know. We'll see. So maybe I need to figure out a way to get those more submitted to us. I need to make a TikTok for Orange Lounge Radio. We have one for Vogue Network, but I don't, we don't have one, I don't think, for OLR. So, because that's an easy way to submit videos. So maybe we'll do that in the future. Who knows? Uh, let me check with Loki real quick and see if there's any last minute stories we want to get to before we wrap things up today. There's nothing out there. It's, it's I mean, uh, unless you haven't seen it, there's, you know, the new, uh, like, funny trailer teaser promotional thing that they have for the Marvelous movie with the Mario rap in it. That's it. Oh, Jamie kind of referenced at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. cute. Yeah. That's about it. I mean. All right. Hmm. Well, we're going to go around now and get everybody's final thoughts and say goodnight. But before I do, I want to thank all of you, of course, for tuning into Orange Lounge Radio and listening to our show. Thank you so much for supporting us, whether you were here live on Sunday night, which especially today was really going the extra mile. So thank you all that are here tonight with us live. Big hugs. Uh, and uh, But if you're listening to us on the podcast feed, we love you too. Thank you so much. Uh, a nice five-star review uh, wherever you found this podcast, be it iTunes, Spotify, uh, Amazon, Music service whatever it's called uh all those places where podcasts are if you leave us a nice five-star review really appreciate that uh or tell a friend tell a friend or two about the show help us spread the word we are the show where every gamer has a voice but we need more voices out there to put on air so by all means uh helps helps spread the word by telling some friends about the show let's get some final thoughts tonight uh dark sakura you're gonna call it a night now you're not gonna do your usual thing but of course as always i still like to hear your final thought yeah, I'm um I'm gonna be back on tomorrow doing doing the thing. Um for right now though, I just want one more day to preserve my voice. So um but but yeah, I hope to, to hope to have people come hang out with me. All right. Thank you. 
Um, well, uh, thank you for being here and I'm glad you're doing, uh, a lot better, all things considered. So, oh, all right. But I'm happy to, um, Loki, your final thought for us tonight. Um, well, hopefully I will have more Minecraft content out later this week. I'm almost at the build I need to get done. All right. Uh, and then my final thought is um, I got to host a pair of shows this weekend uh, live here in the Sacramento area. I talked about it a little bit last week. They went really well. I had a great time uh, and it was a lot of fun. And I just found out I'm going to be hosting, I think it's May 8th. We're going to be doing a bad movie festival and I'm so excited. Uh, we're going to do uh, The Room, uh, Troll 2, and another film to be determined. And I'm really excited about that because I love bad campy movies. So uh, really excited about that. So we'll uh, stay tuned to see what other, he's trying to get movies where he can get one of the, cause he has one of the people from the room and he has one of the people from troll two coming out. So trying to get uh, somebody from a third movie. So we'll see what happens with that. So lots of fun uh, until then. That's going to do it for another episode of Orange Launch Radio. I hope you all have a fantastic week of happy gaming. We will see you in seven days. And Bobby will be back next week as well uh, to do it all again. So have a great week, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Orange Lounge Radio. Orange Lounge Radio is a production of OLR Studios. To join us for our live show, tune in to VogNetwork.com Sunday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific. 9 p.m. Eastern. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff of Orange Lounge Radio nor Vogue Network, but you know they were all still true.